Hello and welcome to episode 215 of the Ram Nintendo Podcast. I'm Jason. I'm Angel. God, I'm, I'm Kevin. For a second I thought I was all loaded. I was like, wait a minute, I'm looking at two people but no one's talking. It's like, are you real? Are you here? Anyway, um, this episode is called, uh, hmm, Who You Gonna Call? Which I realize is a total cop-out for a game about ghosts, but Luigi's Mansion stole all the good names. Like, they have all the puns. They have Scarescraper, they have Scream Party, they have Virtual Boo, they have You had Holter two Gus. weeks to come up I with a name. two weeks, I couldn't. Luigi took the good puns, so Who You Gonna Call? You can't go wrong with those. You had two weeks. What would you recommend we call it? I mean, I'm not the the guy that comes up with the titles. You could be. You could have that power. Oh man, that's, that's much, so much responsibility. Honestly. Exactly. How much effort did you put into this title versus other titles? Uh, I had a brainstorming session over lunch of what titles to use. And when did you have this been, lunch? Uh, like two hours ago. Oh, and as after two weeks of not being able to come up with anything, so here we are. Ooh. But anyway, we're calling it this and running with this because Luigi's Mansion Three is out, and we're gonna have impressions here on the show, along with the Just Shadow dropped out of nowhere, Nintendo published a new co-op game called The Stretchers, and early thoughts, I guess you could say a preview, if you will, of uh, The Outer Worlds, which we come to switch in first quarter of next year, but Kevin, you've already started dabbling in it through yes. other means. Yeah, we won't so, talk about the means. but Just, uh, just the game. But yeah, um, so yeah, we're going to have all that, and in many ways, um, even with all that, I feel like the word of the show is actually kind of update, because we're covering a lot of them. There's the update of Smash Bros. to 6.0 with Terry... And all the um, corresponding content. There's the update to Overwatch. That's both a whole new sequel and a pretty major enhancement of the first game. There's the update on how Nintendo's doing business-wise via their financial report. And an update on Nintendo plan, Nintendo's plans to make, well, more updates in the in the uh, style of Link's Awakening. They're talking about how they could do other remakes. We're going to talk oh, about that, too. Okay. So there's a lot. <laughs> that was weird. Well, you said like more updates in the style of Link's Awakening. I'm like, wait, Link's Awakening's had updates? Like an updated version. Of oh, it. and then yeah. Uh, yeah, you got me excited, but then you like brought me back down. That's what I do. That's what I do. But anyway, timestamps for all those things are available over at Ramtown.com. But for the sake of just, or if you're on YouTube, it's under the video. But for the sake of just organizing things, let's just go most recent to oldest. Reverse chronological here. Let's start with Smash Bros. Since that's probably the newest update Nintendo has done. Um... It's out. 6.0 is out. Terry Bogard is playable. Resident yep. Smash Bros. expert, Angel, what are your thoughts? I mean, it's definitely one of those, if you cared about SNK back in the day, it's cool. If you don't, he's just Ken with a hat. <laughs> but No, well, he he has, I mean, does Ken have as many, like, extra moves? Like, I know they have combos, yes. but, but Terry's the only one that has both a... Two side bees. Yeah, they mm. both basically mm. do the same thing. <laughs> they both fly at you. Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, any... yeah, I mean, like, yeah, he's design wise, he's not that like exciting. He's just not really an exciting character to look at, and that just kind of goes for any generic person character, like human. Yeah, like I mean, yeah, like he kind of just he starts to blend in with like the other people, like you know the swordsmen and the Ryu's and the Kens, and I feel like. That probably makes like Joker the most interesting looking one because at least he has like a yeah mask baby. The, I mean the cape makes him look <laughs> like persona. the coat like makes him look like pretty badass. But okay, were like, you hold on? Were you reading the room there and purposely calling out Joker just for that to happen? No, just like okay. I like, just to make it, sure that you didn't like mislead Kevin into a false sense of fandom there from you. Because I mean, like, what have we had so far for the DLC? We had like Joker, jo- Joker, yeah like, baby. <laughs> we had Joker, it's like, it's like then, a soundboard. <laughs> then we had Hero, which. I mean, design with like, I mean, after so many people with a sword, I mean, he's not that exciting. Yeah. Then we have Banjo, who you know 
was great. Has his own look to him. Like whether you knew who Banjo was or not, he looked and pretty. Kazooie, don't forget Kazooie. Yeah, he looks pretty unique and just looks. Sure. Re- he's really interesting to look at. Sure. Then you just have dude that punches. But dude all that, that aside, though, um, yeah, he brings along like a lot of the same mechanics that Ken and Ryu have, like yeah. facing the same direction, cancel your own moves into other moves. But in his case, like even though he doesn't have like a focus attack, you know, absorb a hit, deal a lot of damage, he's pretty much like my first Lucario. Like, Lucario, like, the more damage you take, the more power you build up. Mm-hmm. But Lucario, I feel, takes a lot more effort to, like, keep him alive. And because a lot of his moves, like, aren't that great for starting off. And mm-hmm. he's harder to combo off of. Like, you actually have to really know where your opponent's flying, know the real, like, the, all the inputs, and, like, get your, I guess, consecutive hits down, down pat. It's a lot more difficult. For Terry, like, he has a lot of, like, I guess... Much easier combos due to the nature that he can cancel out into his other hits, like in mid animation. Yeah, in mid yeah. animation, like just the fact he could go like a a a like his neutral a attack has four hits, and you could cancel out of that neutral a attack into his stronger, like, power dunk, which does like after all said and done like forty damage, which which is a lot for anything that you can get off of just a neutral a attack, because the neutral a attack means your fastest attack is just a quick jab. Mm-hmm. So if he lands any jab on you, that's already like another forty percent damage on you. And not to mention, once he reaches a hundred, like Lucario, like he gets a little stronger every time. This guy, he just gets to a hundred, and he just gets two moves that he could just keep throwing out and combo into. And, and the just, game literally goes like, "Go and, do the thing." It literally says, "Go." Next yeah, and, just like, straight, it's your time. and just and just straight up kills you. Like, yeah, when I first used them, um, I mean, he definitely looks like someone that isn't the easiest to use, but I mean, just anyone with just any amount of interest in wanting to use them can figure them out yeah like it's literally been one day and i've already fought in terry's that are so crazy good or not uh, i guess wait, wait, it's been one day it's been out for like half a week <laughs> half a week we came out on like wednesday or thursday it's saturday oh all right well well i guess it's been a week well i guess it's only felt like it's been a day yeah, yeah. time it, flies when you're punching dudes i yeah. guess well yeah regardless anyway, it's, it's been very short time yeah regardless like within the week people have already like yeah, made Terry like a very scary force to be working with online. Like, he's not that really fun to fight. But I, I will say, you definitely need to like be okay with doing combos to maximize his use. Like, yeah, but that's also like, like I I don't like doing the whole stick combo stuff like Street Fighter or King of Fighters style yeah. or Fatal uh, Fury style. It's a style, really high reward though. Like if you do it, it. yeah. But I mean, it's kind of like Joker. Like he's if anyone just picks him up, like you probably won't get that much out of him. But if you put the time in. He's also like scary to fight against, but I I do like his cartwheel kick. Uh, Terry, not Joker. Joker doesn't have one, but I do like it, that side, that secondary side B. I don't know why it's very satisfying to do. And the stage looks cool, and I like that there's metal slug music thrown in there. Yeah, so. I'm gonna be honest. I think the most interesting thing to me about Terry is not Terry, but is everything that came with Terry, like all the super, like the other SNK stuff that happened around Terry. Like I think the stage is really cool, the King of Fire Stadium, like the fact that they. I don't know if there's another stage that's done anything like this, but they had, you know, the unique idea of their walls, and you can sort of shatter through the walls nope, on they, the side. They said, so oh, like, really that was cool. Smash First? Yeah. What? He did say that was a Smash First. And so I guess there we go. <laughs> thank, thank you, Angel and Sakurai, for confirming. Uh, but no, I think that's, like, a really cool mechanic, and it makes it feel more like... An, like, the stage design itself is pretty... Not run-of-the-mill, but it's not super special, but the, the concept of having the walls makes it really interesting. I mean, the closest thing we've had to that was snake stage and brawl because that's literally the same thing yeah a little it's the similar on, the only thing is that 
you can just straight up attack the walls and destroy mm -hmm. them. But in this one, they can only get destroyed once you've damaged. But they still present the same problem that walls always present, and that's just having someone in the corner and just like bouncing them back and forth and repeating. Oh, I've seen it. I've seen a, a video on Twitter of a guy who set up one of the pinball bumpers about halfway up by the wall and was comboing the guy off the wall into the pinball bumper and then ricocheted him back to the wall and then back to the guy. And it was like kind of this like triangle that kept forming until the wall shattered. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it'll make through. for a lot of cool looking combos like for combo contests and that kind yeah. of stuff yeah no like that one for example yeah be i mean exactly. still still a, a cool stage i mean yeah it's a cool stage. and i think like the, the just fan... a nice something nice to rotate between the other omegas and whatnot right and the, and this one doesn't even need like it doesn't need to be that different from form to form because it's pretty much flat no matter what yeah. it's just if the walls exist essentially yeah but um i was gonna say like i think the the interesting thing about the stage is it probably has the most fan service of any of these stages that have come out lately. Like, yeah, okay, so Banjo Kazooie's like, oh, there's like four characters and it's Spiral Mountain, so if you know Spiral Mountain, cool, but this one's like a who's who of SNK people in the background, except... Uh, well, who's who of the fighting game? Yeah, except, except, except I, I mean, I, I did, not, I did right. not see yeah. the bubble bobble people or a who's who of the fighters. You're right, yeah. and then the music's a who's who of the fighters <laughs> plus some of the other action games like Metal Slug, like you said. Yeah. But it's crazy they did. Yeah, like there's no the one exception is there's no uh, Maya. Because, I think her name is Maya. Yeah, Maya because yeah, sure we're all good boys and girls and don't get to have sexual. I mean, characters. very bad boy. <laughs> Which wasn't yeah, even the right. actual translation, apparently. So in, in Japan, it was saying yeah. it's for good children or something. And here no, in, in, in Japan... They went on to explain it was the rating, but he yeah. also said the phrase for good children, or for children, something about children. So no. Nintendo riffed on that a little. But yeah, basically, the reason we don't actually have her is because in Japan, if they put her in, the rating of the game would go up a level, and Nintendo did not want to do that, obviously. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, the music, like 50 songs. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. That's really dope. Yeah, considering, like... Final Fantasy had two, yeah, just two, and and not even Castlevania and had the record. And not even one wing at and not even one wing at Angel, which is nuts. But yeah, know. it's just like if if like if you look at how much SNK love there is, like all like the, the music. Square is Square just that stingy with their music, and Square and and I guess SNK that lenient. I think well, I think it's a mix of that, and like if you look at all the SNK love that went into this, like you know all the music, the twenty plus characters or the twenty characters in the stage background, like. I the I fact think so much was dedicated. I don't from think Square's that stingy though. They put all their soundtracks on Spotify, so yeah, I think there must be some. I think other it's. Reason. I don't think it's them. I think it's Sakurai. I think he cares a lot because, like, if you do that, no, it, like, why? That's what I'm getting at. Like, if you do that and then you go watch the presentation with Sakura with Masahiro Sakurai, director of Smash Bros. He's a total SNK fanboy. That comes through so oh, quickly. So I think he doesn't really I like think, or care that much I about I think Final he Final went Fantasy? out of his way to put more stuff because he wanted more stuff. I mean, he went on a rant in his presentation about like how the NES ports of arcade games by SNK suck and how the Neo Geo ports are the good ones and Nintendo let that fly. And he goes on this whole thing about like this is the game you need to play, like really deep level, like you should play this version of the fine game because of this and this version because of that. And, da, 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 da. Oh, yeah. and I think he just... I thought is, that was like, there's no way you could fill up 45 minutes and just talk about Terry. Yeah. And I guess he didn't, but he also talked about everything around Terry. Yeah, he basically minutes. geeked out for 45 minutes, which is kind of cool to watch just to see like what he's passionate about. But I think that's why there's 50 songs is he was like, I love SNK. I want 50 songs. While with Square, he's like, hey, you guys want to give us a few songs too? Cool, that works. But he did, He probably fought for the 50, if I had to guess. Because, you know, like Castlevania, they have 17, which is an odd number, but I'm sure Konai is like, what if we gave you these 17? Because, you know, he was. I think he said in the presentation, he presented a whole list of songs expecting SNK to be like, eh, and then he would just let it be, but then they were like, oh, you're into, you're into it? We're into it, and just gave him all of them. So... So yeah, there's some of SNK just being generous, but there's also like I definitely think it's Sakurai being a fanboy. 
But uh, I mean, the whole I, I I actually really liked that video presentation. Like it was a little long. We don't need that much detail. But I enjoy watching soccer. I nerd out, and I enjoy watching his staff laugh every time he kind of says something that Nintendo probably doesn't want him to say. But Nintendo's nice enough just to let it ride because they know it's soccer. Like there are so many little moments where it's just like, is Nintendo okay with that? You know, like him saying that Neo Geo is better than NES and all that, and just like the whole staff kind of cracking up. Like I thought that was kind of funny. I don't need the level of detail where he spends 20 minutes talking about the, saying the word Hadouken over and over and over and over. But, you know, the rest was pretty good. I mean, I, Kevin, you're shaking your head. You, you thought it was too much? Yeah, I, this is my third episode in a row that I'm going to say this. Mm. Stop doing this. <laughs> Just release whatever you're going to release. Well, good but, news then, for but, you. Then, Later but then we'll again, talk like about the this... stretchers, which they released with no warning. Uh, yeah, but but then again, like this is made for me. I'm not a hardcore Smash player, so I'm sure there's people out there that did appreciate 45 minutes of. Sakurai. Oh, it, I mean, it was also like it also aired at five AM. Obviously because it aired that's just the time that it gets corresponded with in Japan. Yep. But I mean if they really cared they would have tried to push for a more normal time here too. But, but even now you could watch it. I know, yeah, time. No, no, exactly. Yeah. I mean it's like watch it if you want or you could just wait for later that day. Yeah, like I didn't time. watch it till that night because like I'm not gonna up at five AM for Sakurai to nerd out about SMK. As much as I enjoy watching it, I can wait till seven PM or whatever. But um I did. I, yeah, was it worth it? Yeah. Okay, so there you go. There's the audience that yeah, tunes in. Like I said, there you go. Yeah. I'm not the target. Yeah, exactly. And like, I'll be honest. Like when he got into the real nitty gritty, I was just kind of like, what? And like, my eyes kind of glazed over a bit. But like, it was yeah, it was you know, there's an audience for it. It had 600,000 views within 12 hours. There's definitely an audience for it. Um, but I I do think there are co- there are a couple other things in the Smash update, like quality of life stuff. Anything noteworthy, Angel? Like they they ch- did some battle arena tweaks. They I mean. Battery tweaks, like, yeah, that's cool. Like, I said, if you're playing with friends and you just want to switch up the rules halfway through, but the way most people play in arenas, you know, they just play one-on-ones and they just have one-on-one set up, so it's like nothing happened. Right. And then, yeah, now you could sort for arenas that are asking for people that are in Elite, but there is no way for the game. The game does in no way check if you're actually in Elite. You could just join any arena anyway. Wait, what? So how do they weed out... It's, you just have to hope that the majority of people you get it's like are honest and truthful yeah cause they have like you know um, for everybody for veterans for glorious smashers and now they have for elite mm-hmm. so typically you do kind of see the skill change between those but every once in a while like you do find a few people that go like yeah you probably shouldn't be in this one otherwise you're not gonna have a great time right so they're hoping people will kind of regulate themselves cause yeah. they will have fun and yeah, but overall, though, like I feel like veterans is usually where you find the hardest people. Even though gl- it's below glorious, and even now with elite, I still found better people on veteran. That's but... interesting. Is that just like? But maybe that's just this week. I don't know. Maybe... Yeah, that's, I I try to figure out why that would be. Unless they're just like, well, I know this section works for me. Why would I leave? And then no one leaves because everyone else has the same. Yeah, there's assumption. like barely any rooms in elite last I checked. But interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, but even then, though, like I didn't find that part that much interesting. I mean, the most interesting thing was just that they buffed like the heck out of all the low tier characters like right. to the point where now they're probably like really really like good or high tier characters which is kind of nuts because Jigglypuff never got a buff whatsoever and now like I don't know maybe that's why they didn't buff her because now no one's going to want to like player whatsoever I, I did see a funny tweet where it's like wow Sakurai gave us so many new characters and riled off all the characters <laughs> that now are like good yeah, <laughs> it's like oh wow look like King King yeah, I like mean huge list. you've played Smash Bros enough to know yeah. what is a low or high percentage to die off of right relatively I think so before like Jigglypuff would have to like you know land a rest at like around 70 to kill you yeah and 
she wouldn't really be able to combo into the rest in any way. Yeah. Now she could combo into it at 30 and kill you. Sorry, what? Or combo <laughs> into it like at 10% or less. That seems... It, it's pretty much like extreme. It, it's, it's like it's that like we have melee Kirby again. Yeah, and me- melee Jigglypuff. Yeah, yeah, and same thing with like King K. Rule and Cinderor and Kirby. Like they all got so many buffs. And if, I mean, I'm from a Kirby gang, but that, that, that's sure. all, those are all the characters you fight <laughs> right now online, and it's frankly kind of annoying because they're all just like obnoxious. Well, don't worry. When they do the next update, they're gonna reconfigure everything again. Yeah. I mean, I'm just glad they're just buffing people instead of just nerfing people. Like, yeah. don't make people worse. Just make everyone else better. That way, everyone has a broken Lift character. Up. Take yeah. the high road. Yeah, but it's uh, it, there was one thing in the update I was kind of surprised I never knew existed. Um, well, first of all, side note, Akira from Virtual Fighter. I love how they made the Mii Fighter actually polygonal like the old Virtual Fighter art. That's how he was in the Wii U. I didn't remember that. Nonetheless, oh. I still love it. Uh, okay. But Nawazu says, I had no idea that there were custom spirit boards for DLC. They've never mentioned that before. I've never seen that in the I'm menu. surprised because you're the only one that cares about spirit boards. I know. That's why I'm like, wait, what? Like He's like, oh, we added one for... Um, for uh, Terry and also and then he loads up the screen it's like Banjo and Hero and I'm like wait what? Like you, I didn't know they had their own like custom ones you could you go must have into. been like hot dog I have a reason to boot that game up now I sure was because you know me and the phrase hot dog which I say never but yeah so that was kind of a nice surprise but um, yeah I'm sure they're, what I was going to say is I'm sure they're going to um, you know reconfigure some of the characters although it's yeah, actually to the they're, question they're, of they're making the rounds I'm sure they'll get around to they're probably going to hit Joker again it does lead to the question of like, so we're at the point where we have one more character left in the first fighter pass. They're going to do a second one. They've already announced, but we have one more character left. This is the first time in a while they have not teased the next character. But Sakurai did make an interesting comment where he was saying it's about how they play, not who they are. Like, it's not about how famous the so character is. So it's going to be someone it's no about, one cares about. That's what I'm thinking. But then at the same time, Nintendo's the one telling him which characters to use for DLC. Like, he, they gave him a list to pull from. So unless right. Nintendo you get, themselves. All right. would, you have one prediction, go. I don't know. I was hoping you guys would go first and I could think about you it. You go first. Go. Uh, well, everyone's talking about Doom go. Guy. No, no, I no, don't no. think it's going to be Ask for your prediction, not their I, prediction. I know, I know. I'm buying time. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That, I, can I tell you when I think it's going to happen? No. Why? Game Awards. Yeah, obviously. Okay, yeah. Like, and anyone with a brain can tell you that. Right. Well, maybe someone doesn't have a brain, so now they're enlightened. <laughs> uh, All right. All right. But no stalling. I, I know. I, man, my political maneuvering isn't really working here. I think it's going to be... I have no idea. Norman Reedus from Death Stranding. Damn. Now that's <laughs> Will he move. bring the little baby that's my thing bet. with him? Yeah, of course. And then we're just going to... That's his projectile. <laughs> <laughs> that people are going to think that we're going to get the game, but then we're actually just going to get some sort of mobile-esque game that's just... Some spin-off game? Yeah, it's like a spin-off. What do you... Uh, I wasn't I, serious about that prediction. I feel like way. we have to talk about it. Like, I'm buying time for my answer, yes, but I feel okay. like we have to talk about all it. Right, Death we'll, Stranding's the it right, thing in we'll gaming right now. Like, it. what... Anyone have any thoughts on this thing? Like, wh- what is going it. on with this game? <clears throat> Excuse me. I still haven't played it. I might buy it next week when I get paid. Angel? Um, I've seen snippets of gameplay. It looks interesting. I didn't realize um, balancing yourself while running was going to be a whole meta. Of is it game. really? Because you're like a courier of some, of some sort. You're like, you're just, you're like UPS from what I've gathered. Which explains but, why it's a bit of a walking simulator. But you, but you can like stack your inventory like in as high as you want. But it also, but you also have to figure out like a nice balance of it. Because as you're running, you have to literally lean left and lean right so you don't tumble over. And if you fall too many times, your car goes too damage, and then you, you know, you fail that. How mission. big of a part of the game is this? It's the entire part. That's a. Wait, the premise of the game is you're a courier. Yeah. 
But that carries a baby too. Oh, yeah. and you have yeah. to. I lean mean, into your I thought through lullaby the baby. Apparently, I mean, yeah. it's it gets deeper than that. But like the basic premise is you're <laughs> traveling across America delivering packages. We're literally just so everyone that's listening understands what's going on. We all turned around, stared at the TV behind us, where the baby from Death, Death uh, Stranding is being rocked to sleep or something. I don't really know. And now a ladder is being climbed. Riveting podcasting right here. No, but uh, yeah, it's I don't like. I mean, I know the game's hype because of who's involved with it, obviously, but... What is the last they're... Kojima game that came out on a... Nintendo system? On a console? <laughs> Snake Eater 3D? Snake Eater 3D on 3DS is probably it. Before that, he also did Boktai on Game Boy Advance, the solar-powered game, which is really great. I actually have that. But probably after um, that was... Wait, Snakes? Boktai came out before Twin Snakes? Or after? Uh, uh, around the same time, maybe. Huh. But also Twin Snakes was the other one I was going to say. But yeah, Boktai was cool. I really liked Boktai. That was an interesting idea. Yeah. And it, like, because it had some of the, like, 2D Metal Gear stealth stuff, but it also had this whole sun system, which was really interesting because it got you to kind of, like, it was kind of like the first pass at Pokemon Go, where Pokemon Go was like, you have to go out in the world and do stuff. And this one's like, I mean, you don't have to walk, but you do have to go outside and, like, be in nature and be in the world. But yeah, I think those are the last ones. He hasn't done anything with Nintendo for a while. Oh, well, I guess Snake and Smash. Yeah, pirates hate that game because you don't get the solar reader with it. Yeah, that's why I got by legit. Pirates hate this game. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway. I have the game, but I can't play it. To answer it's, your question about who might character. show up in uh, Smash, my guess. That was not That was your question. That wasn't his. No, he posed it to you me. You posed it? Yeah. Yeah, I posed it to him. My uh, guess, no, truthfully, at this point is Crash or Spyro. Or actually, no, wait. No, here's a t- no. Here's a twist. Lara Croft. She's Square Enix, so we know they're on good terms. She is an icon of the '90s gaming she'll be era. Polygonal. She'll be—I don't know—she'll be the the polygonal one, but um, I think it's gonna be her because she represents the whole era of gaming, and it'd be another kind of like wait what in the same way that well, some other been PlayStation characters were. And there haven't in... been a new female at all in the DLC yet. But I feel like well, Lara Croft is was never really <laughs> relevant. I mean, I guess Snake wasn't relevant to Cloud was Nintendo. barely relevant. Joker's yeah, barely but, relevant. But you shut your mouth on that one. <laughs> to Nintendo. He's barely relevant to Nintendo. I mean, he has a 3DS game. Yeah, he has a 3DS game. Eventually. And Laura Croft has two Wii. Eventually, Labyrinth Q. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Laura Croft has two Wii games. So what's the problem? And I think a GameCube one. So Wii games that were probably trash. Actually, they made a custom one for, uh, for Wii that oh, had Oh, Angel of Darkness on the GameCube? Also trash. I'm not like... about that one. No, there was one called just Tomb Raider, and it was like a reboot, but it was for GameCube. Uh, wow, I keep saying GameCube. For Wii, and it had motion control. Really? Tomb Raider? Mm-hmm. Tomb Raider, the reboot by Crystal Dynamics. No, not that reboot. It was a different reboot. Wait, when did... What? I, I have it sitting at home. I got it. So Square Enix shares an office space with me. Like, they're the building next to us. And they used Tell to do us again sale. for the 60th time yep. on this podcast. <laughs> yep. and then, so, so, guys, I'm neighbors with Square Enix. No, uh, but they do... <laughs> what a, do I do with that? They used to hold do, on, no, hold they on. Used I, need, to do, I need to hear Hold on. They I used to, to what, do what a winter sale every year where they do a clearance right after Christmas and they put a bunch of their old games in there and oh, I yeah. bought this Tomb got... Raider for Wii game which I have yet to That's play right. I have it I told you to get like me Tomb Raider for PS3 PS4 and I did I think yeah I still yes, have Tomb Raider it. Wii still is sealed. a real game <laughs> and it's wrapper Anniversary that's what it's called Tomb Raider Anniversary for Wii um yes also Tomb Raider uh, Underworld was on Wii but Tomb Raider Anniversary is a console exclusive is a Wii it was on other systems, but the Wii version included console-exclusive motion controls. I bet so, you they weren't great. I it, Probably not, but she has history on the platform of, at the same level, if not more, than, say, Joker. But I feel like... I guess more than Snake at this point. Well, more than Snake. I'm not going to say anything. What are you going to say? Go ahead. Well, first, you stop talking dirty about my boy. 
Second of all, I, I feel like those games are like completely irrelevant to the legacy of anything Nintendo related. At least like Joker is getting a scramble. What about Cloud? I mean, Cloud, rhythm, Cloud, is, Cloud is a Nintendo character. No, he's not. Oh, wait, you're talking about... Uh, Cloud, like bad. Final Fantasy. I don't Cloud. know why I was thinking Fox McCloud. Uh, oh. Dude, Fox, obviously. <laughs> There's no way... You will never a million years to me diss Fox. I love Star Fox. But, yeah. Um, so I don't think Laura Croft's that crazy, and it would be kind of one of those, like, whoa moments for the nostalgia factor and all that. It's like, I, that's my guess. Unless, he wanted a wild one out of the field. I feel unless, like I gave yeah, it to him. I'm not going to criticize it because I mean it's, it's a guess, and I got what I wanted. Yeah. yeah. Man, who do you guys? Well, who do you guys think? Who do you think is more reasonable? Jim Carrey's interpretation of Eggman. I don't know. It's like, <laughs> at this point. At this point, it could be anybody. I would have said Minecraft. Shadow. I would have said Minecraft Steve, but I feel like Banjo's inclusion in it it makes that a little bit less yeah, of a possibility. I, right. I kind of want uh, Crash in it just because to me he's still like. The original like PlayStation yeah. mascot, so I think that'd be cool to be for him to be and, in there. And Crash is having a big moment. Um, I just was reading the other day, so you know Crash Team Racing, obviously, yeah, on all the which systems. Which is an awesome game. Here's the interesting right, thing: yeah. just last week, they have filled out the roster of Crash Team Racing to include every Crash character from any of the trilogy ever, and it's a bigger number of characters in that game than Mario Kart 8 has now. Yeah. So they're still pumping. They also out has Spiral in it. Yeah, and they're still pumping out DLC frequently, and it's like a whole. They're building a whole like game of service out of it, kind of. So like him in him in it from like a marketing side would make total sense. Yeah. More so than Lara Croft, honestly. Honestly, my yeah, I mean, my money would be on him, but I would also like for them to throw like another curveball, like an even more of a curveball, and just like put Waluigi Rusty from Rusty's no, Real Deal no, Baseball. Is that what you mean? And just put Waluigi in it because at this that point, would be that'd be good. Because this when people wouldn't they have to remove his trophy? That's fine. Yeah, they could do that, or they could just keep it in there. I thought they care at this point. I mean, if they did Waluigi, because I feel like most people at this point are expecting it to be a non-Nintendo character. Because it was never said they would be, yeah. but this is kind of what they have been. I think, honestly, if they were to have done... If they do Waluigi, I don't think he'd be fighter number five. I think they do a sort of uh, Piranha Plant-style in-between DLC. Oh, like the free one you get. Yeah, so they, to promote the new um, Challenger pack, that, they throw everyone that, a bone that, that with is, a free character. That is pretty fitting, or and he, something. he does kind of feel like he would fit that He role. is basically a human Piranha Plant, so like... Well, I, mean, I don't know what that means, but it sounded right. I mean, he does have a pet Piranha Plant that has... Exactly. Pretty much that one. Yeah, there you the go. one that made it in Smash. Yeah, so that's yeah, but I think uh, Waluigi's not bad. Um, Doom guy, I know, is one the internet wants, but I don't think that's good. Doom guy, it. oh man, that one's tough. Doom I does feel like, now have a pretty close connection to Nintendo. I mean, it always had, but now even more so. Before Doom, whatever this new one is called, um, Eternal. Eternal. I didn't really know what he could really bring that would be exciting, or that isn't just more shooties. Shooties. Yeah, just people <laughs> that shoot. Yeah, because I, I mean. There's enough people that do that, and it's not really a fun character to play against. But he does have that melee aspect to him, and I that guess maybe... like a chainsaw. Just saying. Yeah, but well, oh, Leon. I mean, the new, the new grappling hook could be interesting if that's implemented. Man, it could be interesting. Yeah. Oh, I know Resident Evil. I would. Oh, I would. Joe lo- Valentine would be cool. Nemesis. I mean, I mean, basically because they've added pretty much like everyone. I would have. I know at this point, yeah, we all got like our quote unquote dream characters in there. Yeah. Um, just pulling the stars. Like, I would love to see, like, a Monster Hunter rip. I mean, we already have, like, Rathalos in there, but... Do the cat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, like, yeah, do a Palico. That would be, like, what Smash Bros. would do instead of putting a Hunter. Because, I mean, the Palicos at this point, they're, like, full-on Hunters. You could play as them. Yeah. So, I think that would be perfect. Or, yeah, and if you do something for Resident Evil, I feel like it has to be, like, Tyrant or Nemesis or hopefully not Mr. X because he's not as exciting looking, but... It's going to be Jill Valentine. You know what it's going to be? It's going to be a zombie dog. Actually, I guess it could be Jill. Jill... It could be Joe. Yeah. Joe would be really cool. 
Plus, you already have sort of a, a move set that you could use from her from uh, Ultimate Marvelous Capcom Three. That's yeah. the last Speaking of, they could do Phoenix yeah. Wright and, and use set, the move set as well. I know. I give up on Phoenix Wright. I would love that. I would love him for to, uh, for him to be in there. I mean, he has like six games. He's random, and, and they're all Nintendo, and he got started on Nintendo. But he's random His most enough. Recent that games it, are still Nintendo exclusive. Yeah, and he's random enough in terms of like out of left field that could yeah. work. Because because I feel like Sakurai loves doing two things. He loves doing complete I mean, and full fan service I mean, to an extreme, and he loves doing like the most absurd character, like the duck hunt dog, and Bird, and like he's too, and Rob, and like like he has he has this duality after, like, of him, to him. It was, I feel it was brilliant how he was portrayed in Marvel vs. Capcom. How did they actually do? Did he have its? Do you like a desk? And stuff? I seem to remember him having like a desk on wheels. Am I crazy? No. What am I no, thinking of? No, he just he just walks around. He doesn't throw out any punches. He just like pulls out paperwork and that's like an attack as right. he's reading it that's an attack mm. um, he'll throw the paper at you he'll sneeze he'll like crouch down but the most interesting thing about him which is something that I feel like if that didn't exist and he was in Smash Brothers they would have done the exact same thing essentially he has three phases he has his investigation phase mm-hmm. his trial phase and his objection phase which the fact they put that in a fast paced game like Marvel vs. Capcom is like insane so in the investigation phase, if you press like down and X, he'll like crouch down and search for evidence, and he'll pick up a random object. And if it's relevant evidence, it'll be highlighted yellow, and if it isn't, it won't be. And you could throw away, and you could throw away the evidence if you don't want it. And he always prioritizes throwing away not relevant evidence. And once you fill up all your slots with three pieces of relevant evidence, then you could go into the trial mode where you could present that evidence, which is pretty much you like using your projectile. Yeah. So if one of the evidence if one of the relevant uh, if the relevant evidence was like a phone yeah it would shoot like a homing missile if it was like a knife it would shoot like a splitter three-way dagger thing and this is extremely elaborate for a game as fast like kind of what you're saying yeah. for a game as like rapid fire as marvel and his moves also like kind of change a little like and in the investigation he'll say hold it like when you does it yeah. his side be equivalent like he'll it'll be it's just a speech bubble and if he hits you enough times with it it'll make you dizzy because you know He's pressing you too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when he's in the trial mode and he has all the evidence, that's when he throws out his objection. And if he hits you with it, then he goes into his turnabout mode and that his theme song kicks in. And then where he would normally throw out objections, now it's just like a giant finger where he's just pointing at you that covers most of the screen. And then... He this could, sounds like Smash Bros. This sounds like yeah. something that'd be in Smash Bros. And then his ultimate, which he could get you from anywhere, is just him presenting the evidence... Um, like charging you for murder and proving it correct, and then you die. And so the, Phoenix and, and, for Smash, yeah, and that's where the death Hashtag comes in. Phoenix for Smash, there. and that's where the death <laughs> comes in because it's literally like they do the same animation, the cutscenes yeah. from the game. So yeah, like that's hands down like my favorite portrayal of a non-fighting game character into any kind of fighting game. It's like very elaborate. Yeah, like it's it's nuts. Like they went out of their way and they made it. That work. is like Sakurai level of like yeah, and, and and I feel like Smash would service. easily do something similar. Like yeah, yeah. Well, it does kind of lead to a different question, though. So whatever characters they add and whatever they do for... Like, theoretically, every character we said could be between the two fire passes a reality. Yeah. Like, there's no question about that. But then the question becomes... So they do all this. And as you... Andrew, you said something before that kind of made me think this. Um, you were like, we there all we got go. our dream characters. Which is true. We, we pretty much all did. So, like, what happens... Wait, who was your dream character? Bowser? Oh. oh I mean... Dream DLC character? Um, I mean, before Andrew? before Ultimate, it was a kinky rule because I really, really wanted kinky rule in it. Uh-huh. Like, I don't know, just really, really love that character. And then, like, before kinky rule was, like, Ridley, so... 
So we all got yeah. our dream characters. You got multiple, it sounds like. And then you made a I mean, comment. And then Banjo was in there after. It's like, well, I mean, like he's the only other character I would want to see in there. Yeah, and now that he's there... Yeah. And there's also been comments from... That's why, like, I'm literally pulling at straws now. I was like, oh, man, I have to really think about it. Like, yeah, like, I, I would never there? have said Laura Croft five years ago for Smash, but now it's like, I guess it makes sense. But, um, and on some level, maybe. But what I was going to say is... <laughs> he's giving me, like, winces. <laughs> uh, no, what I was going to say is, like, so we have you saying stuff like that, and us all kind of thinking it. We have Sakurai saying the next Smash Bros won't have as big of a roster. So it kind of leads to the question. This is a question that gaming's facing in general with stuff like Overwatch and now Overwatch Two. Oversaturation. How? No. How do you do a sequel at a certain point? Like not the way that Overwatch Two is doing it. Well, uh, we'll get we'll get to that in a sec. But it's kind of like this ongoing thing that's happening in gaming. Is no one knows how to do sequels anymore. Like the idea of a sequel doesn't work when your game never ends. Like if they keep doing DLC, what do they say for the sequel? If they do Overwatch and okay, it's so, a game so of service, what do they do for the sequel? I don't sequel? necessarily agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, especially if if a sequel is going to use a brand new engine, yeah, I feel like that's fine. Sure, Overwatch Two is apparently using a brand new engine, and yeah. sure, the characters look different, and the I think the art style looks just barely, just it's slightly un- more real. slightly yeah yeah slightly different. But their justification for making this a full blown sequel is barely there. So, do you want to fill everyone in real quick? So, it is coming to Switch. Um, Overwatch Two. It. That is five, five years from now when it releases. Yeah, wait, like, all they did was go, it's coming, guys, and then sit tight till next BlizzCon or whatever. But can, do you want to fill people on, like, what is actually new in 2? Because to me, it seems more like an expansion, maybe, than a full sequel. So, so Overwatch 2 is going to be the sequel to Overwatch that has, <laughs> that, like, right from the beginning has PvE elements to it. From what I can tell, it's got some sort of story mode that mm-hmm. takes place. I can't. So, Overwatch never really had a story. Right. Uh, because it was just a competitive uh, shooter. Mm, shooter? Yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll it's go, a shooter. Yeah, we'll go with it's, shooter. It's a shooter. Yeah, we'll it's go. not Call of Duty shooter, but it's a yeah, shooter. Yeah, so so it was just a, an FPS that both sides could have. You could either have, like, an evil character, like, evil, like, within the lore. Yeah. On the same team as, like, a good character. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it never really The whole game was not canon, basically. Right. Yeah. But, like, Blizzard would sprinkle in every now and then some some like pve story content uh mm-hmm. there's like the missions and stuff right? it was yeah so it would use uh maps that were that had already existed and they would just make uh like i guess like bots that you would have to fight like through waves and stuff like that mm-hmm. and every year it, it was called uh archives which you would play as a like fixed set of heroes mm-hmm. and just go through like this mission and Personally, I've never been a huge fan of the PvE content in in Overwatch. I know Elvis and uh, another friend of the show, Matthew, uh, they they love the PvE stuff. Mm-hmm. And of course, every now and then they had like seasonal content, like Halloween. I'm sure they did their Doctor Junkenstein, which is just like a wave mode. Mm-hmm. But this some is supposed to be have... fun. I never played them, but they, they, some of them look fun. Yes, uh, like I said, I I never got too into it, so. This is supposed to have some sort of full blown story, like a it's like a co op thing, right? Like you yeah, and it's friends a co op. Toge- yeah, well, you said PVE, so yeah, that, but a, you and friends together go. You and friends together, and from the gameplay that I was watching from like some of the streamers during BlizzCon, it do- it looks it looks the same as like the 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 archive stuff, right? I don't understand why this has to be a separate product away from Overwatch Two, and this is the reaction that I've seen from a lot of people. Mm-hmm. They they've stated that it's an engine change, but like I said, it looks exactly the same. 
Well, not exactly the same, but just slightly different. And then they're making some changes to the gameplay, uh, how heroes work, where you get to choose like abilities and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Which, if you've played Overwatch, you know that every character just has a like set abilities that you're not changing. So they're giving them loadouts in a way. In in a way, rotate. yeah. In a way, I you know what? I still don't know how it works because apparently you can level up and choose like different stuff. Oh, interesting. Um, the the thing that throws me off a little, you were saying, you know, oh, it's a new engine and it has this new mode, but they're dragging Overwatch One along. With yes, it. so. So this reminds me a lot of what happened with Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2, uh-huh. where eventually, if you had Left 4 Dead 1, you got all of the quality of life changes from Left 4 Dead 2. Right. And then eventually Left 4 Dead 2 just got all of the content from Left 4 Dead 1 in, into it. I don't I don't know if all the Left 4 Dead 2 content eventually made its way into Left 4 Dead 1. But Blizzard is saying, like, Oh yeah, you'll be playing cross. If you're, you'll be playing yeah, cross games, which is cool, but then why are you selling this entirely separate product? It seems like it could be an expansion you should just buy and hook into what you already right. have. Like they only put two on it, they could call it like You mode. can you can <laughs> you can call it two and just make it like, hey, this is this some thirty dollar update. That's, we'll just call it Overwatch two. That's sort of what they're doing, they're just charging sixty. Presumably. Right? Isn't that essentially what they're doing? Yes, but I'm I'm willing to bet that this is a completely separate download. Oh, yeah, it is. It is. And they they claim they are adding a competitive mode, a new competitive mode called Push. I don't know what that means. But that (laughs) mode is also coming to Overwatch 1. Wait, I do not understand, like, what's going on here. This this is kind of my point about, like, you're going to hit a wall where companies don't know what to do with sequels anymore. Because, like, I mean, Smash isn't quite to the same extent because you could change it. Not like you said, unless it's, like, a game with a narrative where it progresses the plot. Yeah, it's, like, how you do this? Because this is kind of the the problem with games and services, I guess, is, like, where do you reset? Because didn't Destiny do a whole reset? Well, well, I mean, like, as long as they're... I mean, usually sequels are created, I mean, for these kinds of games specifically, or in general, to improve on what didn't work and what could be expanded on. Because, you know, right. like, the first time you make a game, you know, like, you're trying to see what works, you're not really sure where yeah, to yeah. go. And you keep building, and then, yeah, I guess, like, you hit that point where you don't know where to go because you already, in theory, addressed everything. Then, I guess, that's when most people just start a new IP, I guess. Or you just redo the whole game. I mean, maybe that's kind of like when Grand Theft Auto went from being a top-down to a third-person or... Right, or, like... But or, or like even you could look at like Splatoon to Splatoon. I mean even two. Metroid but Prime. I mean, as an I mean none of those are really sequels. Like going from Super Metroid to Metroid Prime. But those games but, aren't games as a service. That's, that's I think, oh, I think so what yeah. he's getting at is like, oh I guess like yeah. Splatoon I guess yeah yeah like like Splatoon, Splatoon. Well Splatoon they just cut off Splatoon one and we're like yeah guess what Splatoon two didn't at. really feel. But like it, a, it had the advantage. It was a sequel name, but to me, it felt more like a. Well, but it had the advantage of it was a new piece of hardware it was yeah. on. So if you wanted to play Splatoon on this newer thing, you needed to get Splatoon two. Overwatch because it's in both. I don't under like it's weird. Smash Bros. Presumably, down the line they'll make a new Smash. You know, have whatever characters know be on the Switch too. And if you want to play it, you can only play on Switch too. But I guarantee Ultimate in its form as it is now is going to live on how Melee has because it's already like the cream of the crop. Like how do they differentiate them besides just hardware? A I lot f- of games and services won't or can't because the hardware doesn't change. So I feel like everybody who bought Overwatch and yeah. and Blizzard was very upfront. You buy this game. Every piece of content that we release is going to be for free. Right. Sure, Which there are some... There are awesome. Some, yeah, there are some skins that, like, you can only buy during a limited time, but usually that's for, like, cherry or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Which is fair. And so... Yeah, there I'm was a sh- breath cancer one, right? Yeah, the, the pink mercy. I never got it. It was, it was a really nice skin. 
but then I felt bad that I was just like, oh, I want, I'm going to pay $10 for the skin and not because of you breast cancer. Help fight <laughs> cancer. <laughs> yeah, they make you feel real bad about that. Um, <laughs> and so we, I, I'm sure everybody just assumed that Overwatch was going to be this thing that lives on forever without having to update it the same way that Team Fortress 2 does. Right. Team, there still is no Team Fortress 3, not just because Valve doesn't know how to count to 3. But, <laughs> Which they really don't. <laughs> but, like, TF2 is, like, constantly getting updates. Sure, they're not huge updates like this PvE content for Overwatch 2, but, you know, it's still there. Yeah. And they can make the PvE stuff like a DLC pack. It's kind of the... Like, I don't know... And it's not yeah. even... Yeah, sure, you can do that DLC pack stuff, but like I said, we already got free PvE content before. Right, right. I beat the drum for... De- Destiny does it well where you will get your game automatically upgraded to the new version, but you will just be locked behind the paywall that is that expansion. Right. So everybody... So how mobile games do it. Sure. So, like, everybody... I'm pretty sure everybody who is now playing Destiny, whether they bought the newest expansion or not, when you start up Destiny 2, you will get the splash screen that says Shadow uh, Shadow Keep. Right. Because right. that's the current expansion. I, I'm, sure, so that's, I'm sure that's this is similar much... to, like, every MMO before, but I, I have never played any and MMOs. And it's very much how, like, Fortnite did. Like, you're giving impressions last episode about Chapter 2, and it's just like, well, if you have Fortnite now, you have Chapter 2. Granted, it's a free play, so it's a little different. But just the idea yeah, of, like, that's a, that's but the idea of, like you turn on the game and it's the latest version. Yeah. Whether you like it or not. And Destiny, you know, you're, yeah, like, yeah. why not just update base Destiny to Overwatch 2? And if you want to pay for that content, sure. But, like, this possibly being a completely separate download. What am I kidding? This is definitely mm-hmm. going to be yeah, a, a completely separate. separate download. It just makes no sense to me. I will give them credit that the director of Overwatch was doing this interview with Kotaku Australia, and he was explaining that they are. It was a hard pitch, but basically he was telling Activision, listen, we can't, or Blizzard, Activision Blizzard, you know, the higher-ups, that we can't just cut off Overwatch 1 and have all those players be stranded. we got to figure out a way to bridge it. But it does seem like the bridge they're doing, to, to your point, Kevin, is, like, the wrong one. <laughs> like, they could just expand it Overwatch 1 that further is, yeah, instead that is... of... Like, it's, it's nice that they're conscious of the fact that they can't just leave people yeah. behind. And Jeff Kaplan, the director, has always yeah. been, have, like, will always beat the drum for the players, so... So he he's he's great he's awesome yeah I, it I, seems like this was kind of a, like a bureaucratic like well what if we kind of be in the middle on the idea and do this but it, it's a real thing like this is a real problem it's like how you know I feel like every few episodes like games of services so so weird everything's so different but like you know last time we talked about like preservation like or we've talked in the past about preservation like Fortnite how you ever get back to the content for Fortnite one you don't it's yeah. gone it's weird like games are ephemeral now it's strange and now it's like kind of the next level of it well how do sequels work like the concept of a sequel the game industry is kind of redefining on the fly, which is interesting. Like, Smash is maybe the safest example because it's like, oh, they'll make a new Smash on a new system and that's that. But, like, games that bridge across, you know, now that we have cross-play and all that stuff and, you know, when PS5 comes out and Xbox, Project Scarlet or whatever, I'm sure whatever Overwatch is there is going to play nice with the PS4 and Xbox One versions and the PC versions. And, like, it's, it's just a weird new world. And I don't know if they quite figured it out. Because, like, there was... I was reading this article. I forgot where, but... um. Basically, 2K was talking about how they're sort of trying to deal with this with NBA 2K something, one Whatever of the 2Ks, the year, in, yeah. in China specifically, because they have a huge fan base for one of the 2Ks, and they need to update it, but they don't want to lose those fans, so they're actually r- having two parallel 2K games out over there. And like, they, they're going to keep supporting 20 or 19, but they're also going to come out with the new one. And it's like no one really knows like how to handle sequels right now. And That's why really I, ne- I never understood why Madden just can't be a, a game that you buy and then yearly there'll be a huge update yeah. that 
pay 20 bucks for it and you got updated rosters I like it just makes sense as a you that's what, well, or like fifa on switch remember the fifa that came out this year for switch is the legacy edition where literally all they did was swap out the um players the rosters yeah the rosters but they kept all the same gameplay like it's that's the old way of it of it how it worked like if you make a sequel you make a sequel you make a you press a new cartridge you press a new disc and i you... keep saying that i don't understand why they do this i do understand why they do this it's money yeah oh totally it's it there is a gaming in general has always been a pretty like short-term game or short-term gain like industry like they're always looking at how to make a quick buck but the problem is now that we have everything instantly accessible and things can be updated on the fly and all that it's letting publishers kind of run wild and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't but the problem is while they try and figure it out all our games are being affected for better or worse sometimes better some like Fortnite doing the whole revamp and you just keep playing for free that's cool like mm-hmm. Smash having endless new characters to the point that we literally are running out of things we want in Smash. Like that's kind of cool that we reached the point where it's fulfilling everyone's dreams and everyone's wishes. But then you got stuff like this where it's just like what? What? So yeah, it's, 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 it's a weird, it's a really weird situation, and it's something that like, like I can't think of a single period in gaming where there's like this much upheaval about just the concept of how games work because there's always like oh graphics get better or oh look at this new gameplay control option, but it's never like the concept of what is a game and how do you play it and how do you progress both through the game and through sequels like the product is different now that's what's so strange to me but i don't necessarily have an answer i'm just throwing it out there but it's yeah overwatch is kind of just like the probably like the um what is it the canary in the coal mine of this becoming a thing like just like the thing where it's like hey here's the prime example of how this is so weird but we'll see we'll see and they said that this was going to release on switch Mm mm-hmm Confirmed for Switch. Yeah, yeah. I've heard the current version of Overwatch on Switch is not the smoothest. No. But I've also heard that if you're someone who only owns a Switch, me, it's still good enough. It's just like if you have other options, you should take those other options. Yeah. Yeah, but I, yeah, I don't know. I mean... This game is also not releasing for another like, two, yeah, two or least, three years. Yeah, at least. It, it, I was kind of surprised they announced it now. I mean, they were obviously doing it to build goodwill for the brand given recent events, but I'm kind of surprised they like put it out there so early. Is Diablo 3 on Switch? Yes, it is. That came out two years ago? Yep. And Diablo 4 is not coming to Switch. Oh. But Overwatch 2 is coming to Switch. At least not yet. They'll the probably figure it out way. I mean, it's kind of like... like They say it's not, but that somehow will. For example, The Outer World, which you'll talk about later, um, on Switch, the developer didn't think it would work for Switch, and then some other developer came to them and was like, hey, we got it running on Switch. Check it out. And pitched it to them. And they're like, oh, cool. It's like they what never was the, considered... What was the other developer? Uh, one of the ones that always do the Switch ports. I forgot their name, but you know, Panic there's like button? two... It's not Panic Button, but there's like two or three that do Iron a lot. Galaxy? I don't think it was Iron Galaxy. I think it's when uh, it starts with a V. Maybe it was Iron Galaxy. I don't remember, but um, yeah, they just kind of came and like, we can do it. And they're like, oh, all right. So who, that's probably how, you know, Diablo 4 will eventually happen is someone in Blizzard will be like, we can do it. Kind of how Overwatch happened. For years, internally, they're trying to make it work on Switch and then somehow it just one day clicked. So, but anyway... So yeah, we'll see what happens in the world of sequels, but it's certainly a weird time. Um, but it kind of brings us to our next like update down the list. We have the update to Overwatch, the update to Smash, and the next one. Um, this update's kind of as, uh, a correction as much as it is new news. Uh, last episode, you may recall we were talking about Switch sales here in the U.S. and how the Switch Lite maybe isn't doing so hot because Nintendo didn't announce any numbers for it. Well, that was a misread completely on my part because we were wrong. Um, their Q2 financial report came out, and Nintendo provides... Virtuos. Don't Virtuos, f- there we go. Don't you feel silly? I uh, do feel people silly. People that did... Oh, Dark Souls Remastered. Yeah, okay. there it is. Yeah, they've done ports. I heard that was a, that was a fine port. So. Yep, it's a good port, except cool. they had some audio issues for a little while, but then they got over that, like cool. with a patch. So. Cool, cool, cool. But yeah, um, Switch Lite. 
apparently is doing super well. Q2 finance came out, and uh, they have sold nearly 2 million Switch lights in 10 days flat. That's pretty good. 1.5 Sold through or uh, shipped? I think shipped. Okay. 1.95 million to be precise. Um, and the most popular color was turquoise, for anyone who needs to know, which it should be. That is the best color, so... Listen, I had a turquoise Game Boy Color. It's the best Game Boy Color color, so naturally it's the best Switch Lite color. That's Are you enjoying your turquoise one? I don't have a turquoise oh. Switch Lite. I don't have a Switch Lite, but oh. I'm saying it's good that turquoise... It's good the world recognizes turquoise is the best, although yellow does look nice person. Anyway, anyway, the point is, uh, when coupled with the regular Switch itself, which uh, sold $2.85 million this past quarter... Switch is doing pretty great, pretty great for Nintendo. It sold pretty great, pretty great, it's pretty great, guys. It sold nearly uh, five million. No, it sold four point eight million units. That's fifty percent higher than what it did a year ago. That means Switch is now forty one million in lifetime sales worldwide, which helped Nintendo's sales rise fourteen percent and their operating profit go up twenty five percent year over year. So they're and doing... the rich get richer. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Uh, the one percent. No, but uh, yeah, they're... baby. Right. But yeah, Nintendo. The point is, Nintendo is doing well right now. But what's particular of uh, particular interest to me is that Switch Lite number and what that means. Because two million in under two weeks is, you know, that's impressive if it was like a, a upgraded system or something. But this is this is not a refresh. This is a sidestep. It's not an actual enhancement in any way, and it's still selling well. Like that's no oh. that. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, Scooby. Uh, no, but that yeah wow. that that to me shows that there are untapped markets the Switch can still appeal to. And in the mind of Nintendo, um, it seems like there are two buckets that they're kind of looking at. Uh, so during their financial briefing, their president, Shintaro Furukawa, he cited that their data showed a surprisingly even split between who's buying the Switch Lite, uh, between people who are buying it as their first Switch and people who are buying it as a second system. And that split is 57% first time they're buying a Switch, 43% second system at their home, in their home. And uh, where that becomes kind of more interesting is if you start matching that with regional data. Trust me, I'm going somewhere with this. I'm not just throwing numbers at you. Uh, Dude, in the I, U- I can't wait. Well, in the U.S. Notice how he didn't say that we were in the financial quarter, that we were in Jason's Oh, no, no, because I'm, 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 oh. I'm swerving <laughs> us back out. You'll see. You'll see. You're swerving us back out. This, back out. This sneaky little. This is a dip and then a return. But, no, it's um, it's interesting if you start looking at the regional data because in the U.S., the Switch Lite sold 800,000 units in 10 days. Uh, I'm sorry, what was the region? Here, the U.S. Okay. And traditionally, the U.S. is a console-first market, right? Like, Japan's one is considered handheld-first. In Japan, it sold 300,000 in the first 10 days. Here, it sold 800,000, which kind of points to Switch Lite finding a legitimately new market, like a group of people to appeal that it can appeal to that the Switch itself didn't, like people who never had a Switch before, maybe they want specifically a handheld experience. Like, all, all this is pointing to there being a new piece of the Switch ecosystem that Nintendo needs to cater to. And the thing about that is that means the type of games Nintendo's going to pump out are actually going to change a little. Uh-oh. And that's why it's not a full Jason sales corner. So, let me go on. Because you could just be like, oh yeah, whatever. Switch sold, Switch Lite sold great, doesn't matter. But what happened is um, when you have a whole, like, oh, handheld-only crowd, you kind of want to appeal to them, right? So that could have an actual impact on the type of games that come out. I guess you would. Like, up to this point, I mean, th- like, think about it. Up to this point, the Switch was arguably a home console first. The entire pitch was the type of game you play on your big TV over there, you can now go play anywhere out in the world over there. But based on these trends and then Furukawa's own comments, it sounds like they're going to now come in with the other side of it too and say, well, what about the type of, hand- of experience that's on a handheld? Can we up that to a TV? And it's already happened with Link's Awakening, right? And that sold in 10 days 3.13 million copies. And launch with the Switch Lite. 
And it was such a big enough hit for that Furukawa talked about in the briefing how Nintendo... Like, they're not saying it's set in stone that they're doing this, but they may try and replicate that formula with other classic handheld games. There's no, like, directive within the company yet, but he said, you know, nostalgia is a powerful tool, and then kind of talked about that, you know, there's this proven market for handheld games getting a new life on the Switch Lite because the audience lines up and yada yada. So we may start seeing not just the console quality stuff, but the handheld stuff. And then the question becomes, how much resources do they put into each because you can only make so many games, and is that going to result in any sort of shift or not? in terms of the type of games we see on the system. So that leads to my question, and I'm kind of curious, like, you guys cool with more handheld first-style games? Like, because Link's Awakening's kind of, like, pocket-sized compared to Breath of the Wild. Like, I remember Angel, when they announced the Link's Awakening remake, you were kind of bummed it was still 2D. You were saying, oh, why don't they do it like 3D like Breath of the Wild? That would have interest me more. But if they're saying this type of thing is I know. I was, I was hoping, you know, like, a remake, not a remaster. Right, but if they're now saying... They can just remaster handheld games and get a pretty big chunk of change. Well, I mean, it's not bad, but I can't think of any on, anything honestly off the top of my head that I would want. I can't even honestly. I'm having a hard time thinking of first party like Game Boy games. Well, I, I think there's some that because I played a ton of. I I, might, I played a lot of third party stuff, even a lot of licensed stuff back in the day. They I don't mean, have they don't have to do a remaster or a remake, but if you could just release Minish Cap on the Switch. Oh, I was gonna say Oracle games. Great. Use the exact engine uh, Link's Awakening had. Just do the Oracles and Minish Cap and all that. Yeah, Oracles make sense. Yeah. Or like if you want to go beyond Zelda, like I could see them bringing back Wario Land. Like they had Wario Land shake it on the Wii, take that art style, apply it to the first four games, release them. I mean, it might be too small of a game to release individually, but they could do pairs of them, one and two and three and four. Pretty easy way for them to make money. That won't necessarily like take away too much I hope from their like bigger budget games because obviously you know they still have Xenoblade coming out and they still have uh, Metro Prime 4 and they How's there still no WarioWare World or Wario Land or WarioWare oh yeah that's surprising considering the Switch has so many potential gimmicks yeah Yeah, it's really bizarre they try it's like 1-2 Switch was supposed to be the new WarioWare and it didn't work I mean it sold 2 plus million but it didn't work yeah that was one of those idiots that bought it I did not I'm kidding you're not an idiot if you bought that game then Oh. oh, I thought that was an earthquake for a second. Can you imagine if we had an earthquake on air? That would have been fun times. Yeah. Yeah, but it was not. It was a door. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I just, like, I'm not saying it's necessarily good or bad. I just think it's kind of interesting that we may start seeing them do, like, smaller scale games. And if that happens, what's that mean for the larger scale games? Because they can only produce so many things at once. Well, I mean, they're working on Breath of the Wild 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're working on Metroid. Well, it's, it's more like decisions. You're just repeating the games I said a minute ago. I know, yeah, <laughs> like, that's what I thought. Well, no, I'm, just, I'm just thinking I mean, almost, it's like, um, you know, you have X number. It, it's the Link's Awakening situation. They announced the remake, and if this was a console, a console console, it would have, you know, oh, 3D, okay, but because it's also handheld, they could get away with something like what they did, which I'm fine with. I enjoyed the game. but And then charge 60 bucks I mean, for it. it's fine. I yeah. could just ignore them <laughs> like I have been doing if they don't appeal to me. Excuse me. I mean, right <laughs> I mean, Link's Awakening wasn't offensive enough. I didn't get it, and at this right. point, it doesn't seem like I'm ever going to play it. But if they do bring out something that looks interesting, then sure, uh, that's exciting, I guess. I mean, the the kind of the kind of cool thing. I'm excited is, for the potential. Yeah. The the thing I kind of like is I think it means less of perhaps what happened with Pokemon Let's Go, where um, that was a game that was handheld first. You know, Pokemon Ram Blue, which has been released time and time again, and they tried to kind of consolify it. Like Game Freak said time and time again, it's a game designed to be played on the TV first. And, you know, they had the Pokeball Plus accessory, and they had the motion control capturing, and they had, uh, you know, they really played that up. And I did like the game. It was a fun game. And the game did well for itself. It sold uh, 11.28 million, which is more 
That's in one year. That's more than Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire have sold in their, in uh, like a faster rate than they sold. So like it's doing well as a Pokemon game as a remake. You know, it's kind of this weird tangent. But the the point is, what's cool to me about Sword and Shield, which Bless is a little you. more handheld leaning, because I'm tight. Thank you. Is it doesn't try to shoehorn in TV experiences like Let's Go did. It's kind. Con- it's it's console quality in terms of scope and breadth, minus the national decks doesn't have that breadth, I guess. But um, R.I.P. Badoof. But uh, it's um, it's just a, I don't know. It's just like it's still a console quality experience, but it's one that plays equally well on console and handheld. So the the upside of them going this route, in my opinion, if you know if Nintendo decides to lean all the way in on handhelds are important too. You know, it means that we'll get games like Pokemon Sword and Shield, which doesn't necessarily have to shoehorn things in. But because Switch is still selling well, we'll still get our ring fits and our Labos and our Super Mario parties and all that. So it might it might be the right balance. I mean, we're already seeing like Brain Age kind of jump I mean, to console. I mean, it's not we expected, or I guess expected would happen when they inevitably got to the Switch. Because remember, because yeah. remember many many I don't even remember how many years ago, but at one point they moved over all their like portable division. They the yeah, they, they merged the divisions. Yeah. They're like, oh, so they could work next to each other. And this I think around the Wii U time. Yeah. So now it's like. You know, like, all the games that we were getting at the rate for both systems, I mean, now we're getting them simultaneously. Yeah. I mean, have they announced a new 3DS game? No. That's what's interesting. So 3DS is kind of dead and buried. Um, I mean, it's it's not exactly dead and buried, but there was a report that came out uh, that there were multiple 3DS games that have been canceled because of the 3DS's lacking sales. Uh, so apparently, Nintendo is going to make another Fire Emblem remake and was going to make a new style-savvy game. And those are now shelved, and presumably, I would guess they would come to the Switch. Because, like, you know, I was asking, we were talking about what games make sense for Switch, and you can, I can rattle off a dozen that I'd like to see on Switch. Like, Do it. Okay, not a dozen, but I can rattle off Route some. two. Like, Donkey Kong 94. That yeah. would be cool on Switch. They could have a side mode with the minis, but go back to the old Donkey Mario versus Donkey Kong formula. Do oh. that in HD, sell it at like 20 or 30 I guess that's bucks. definitely one I would love. That'd to be see. cool. Even though, oh, well, never mind. What were you going to say? Did you I say ninety four? That's what it's called. Donkey yeah, Kong it was basically it, it was basically March of the Minis one. Oh, okay. It was before the Minis marched. Essentially, they can even call it Donkey Kong before the Minis march because all the other games are Minis march again, Minis march this way, Minis march that way. But like, that'd be cool. What are you gonna say though? It sounds like you're gonna be no, 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 no. Well, because I was gonna say that. Like, I mean, they guess they kind of. There's probably a reason why they never went back to that after the first Mar- Don- Mario vs. Donkey Kong. So I don't even know if they would go back to that. Maybe they well. And I feel like they're gonna misread it. And even if people want that, they're just gonna bring back March of the Minis for the Switch. I don't think something. they're gonna say misread it, considering that for a call up called out that nostalgia. They understand the power of nostalgia. So if they're trying to appeal like to the parents, I mean, there's a commercial Nintendo just started running for Link's Awakening as part of their holiday campaign, where it's a guy in an office in a meeting who takes a call from his daughter, steps out, and starts giving her instructions on what to do with Link's Awakening because that's what he played when he was a kid. So, like, they're definitely playing up the 90s element, so I think, like, it could be 94, but fine, even if, you know, if not that one, they can't mix up, they can bring back Kid Icarus, do a, a Myths and Monsters, but, like, as a prettied up, guzzied up yeah. Switch one, or, like, come a little closer to reality and do, like, Advance Wars, because Fire Emblem's now established oh, itself as this really big, fantastical, like, m- you know, medieval, elaborate thing. Advance Wars is much simpler and has a much different vibe. So if they just kind of scale back to the original Advance Wars and ditch all the dark, moody Days of Ruin stuff, and just sort of HDify that and sell it a little cheaper and keep it kind of simplistic, you have two different games. You have one that literally can be an entry point to the other. Yeah. So like, there's all these things they could do. I'd love to see a modern interpretation of Ice Climbers. That'd be cool, like a full-on like adventure. That like they go one on. that's fun to play. It's called Death Stranding. 
<laughs> I guess you are just climbing mountains. Climbing mountains. Yeah. But uh, I just don't want to have to balance my running in Ice Climber. Like, that seems excessive. I just want to whack things with a mallet. But no, like, um, where I was going with all this is, like, you can, like, anything in Nintendo's history that can kind of retrofit. So, like, Style Savvy, I was saying that one was canceled. One other piece of information that came out of the briefing was, and this is going to sound slightly sexist, I know, Uh-oh. but oh Furukawa boy. shared that a larger percentage of women are first-time Switch light buyers than with the regular Switch. And demographically speaking, Style Savvy's audience has skewed in that direction. And obviously, What not, is Style Savvy? Like, it's a fashion game. You make clothes and you put them on runways and stuff. It's like an RPG for fashion that Nintendo makes. They've made three. Nintendo makes these. Yes, they made three. They're on not the, Jap- like they're, Japan exclusive? No, no, they've come here. They're on 3DS and DS. They no. develop and publish these games. I, it might have been like Intelligent Systems who developed it, but it, it's a Nintendo first party property. Yes. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they're a real thing. And like, obviously, not every woman go on to play Style Savvy, and not every person who plays Style Savvy is a woman. I'm not saying that, but like, the demographics are lining up, and they have one sitting on the shelf they could just HDify. Like, it just seems like so many opportunities for these handheld games to now kind of grow and foster and flourish in this potentially newer demographics what they have so there's some cool opportunities here is what i'm getting at um but yeah the, the 3ds itself that thing's pretty much dead like that's not going anywhere it's hardware and software was down 60 percent year over year it's selling like barely it, like it's enough for them to keep it going because they could just like so you know just pump out the hardware but long, nothing but, new which, so would out. you even say it's on life support or that's not even a good enough here's, analogy how, I'll, here's how i'll say it doug bowser was interviewed by the verge the other day and they asked him, is the 3DS platform dead? And he said, and I quote, we're certainly not going to say it today. I think time will tell. So yeah, Nintendo's not putting any effort into it. They're seeing if they can milk some sales out of it. Which, like, it, it really feels like the, Nintendo's just doing kind of like the shruggy emoji when they look at it. They're like, yeah, sure, whatever. It is what it is. And, um, like, they pulled the plug on new, heart, on new software. They have zero Black Friday deals this year for it. But it's still kind of there. And they're just kind of riding it out until it dries up completely, which is funny because, like, they're letting it wilt away slow enough that technically they proved me wrong when I said I think the 3DS will be off the market within two years of the Switch coming out. Like, technically it's still going, but at the same time, like, there's nothing new for it. So You just did it to spite you. Yeah, I, that's what I'm thinking. Like, they make entire business decisions as the second largest company in Japan that makes millions of dollars to spite me. It makes sense. It makes yeah. total sense. I see no I, I would. <laughs> but, yeah, so... um you know, and, and not only that, but like obviously the Switch Lite's gonna fill the three DS void. Like they want the Switch Lite and its handheld first games to cater to that market. Like Pokemon's gonna be huge with like getting Switch Lite out before Pokemon Sword and Shield was definitely intentional. Getting it out before Animal Crossing uh, New Horizons definitely intentional. Like they, it's gonna be big. Um it's just for the time being, just hanging on for dear life, the the little three DS that could. Um but yeah, speaking of Black Friday, um I mentioned I'm that getting before. a RTX twenty eighty super. Uh-huh. I'm getting a second monitor. I'm debating whether I want to go 4K with it, or okay. just or just get another uh, 1440p monitor. Uh, what else am I getting? I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll come back. Sure, uh, Angel. What are you getting for Black Friday? But that know. RTX 2080 Super is mine, as long as I can find it for under seven hundred dollars. <laughs> it's mine under a couple conditions. Yeah, Blu-ray of King of the Monsters, probably Detective Pikachu, probably some other Blu-rays I've missed along the way. Dragon Quest, at least, and Martin Sonic, at least. But those don't seem to be getting huge discounts, weirdly no. enough. That's the bone I have to pick with Nintendo. Like, kind of early this year, actually, they announced their big discounts and their sales push for this magical day that is Black Friday. And uh, 
I hate to say it, I think they're getting a little cocky. Like, it's the cycle every console maker goes through. You know, their system blows up, they get full of themselves, their next system underperforms, they get humble, they find success again, rinse and repeat. You know, on, on the larger scale, we're talking, you know, like the hubris of Microsoft's original ideas for Xbox One and the digital libraries. We're talking about PS3s, you know, 599 US dollars, like all that. We're not there yet with Nintendo at all, but it's kind of like a microcosm of perhaps where Nintendo's head's at. Their deals this year just feel like they're they're... They are cocky. I mean, one of them is the Switch hardware bundle that Nintendo is doing this year. It's a Switch and a copy of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe for $2.99, so Mario Kart's basically free, which is great. But if that sounds familiar, it's because it's the exact same deal they did a year ago, right down to the same old Switch hardware in the box. Meaning for $300, you're actually getting the Switch with the worst battery You're getting life. the worst Switch. Yes, which feels like such a cheap move on their part. And like it, it kind of feels like a cop-out because... Like, Nintendo traditionally offers pretty good deals. And and uh, here's the thing. Here's why I'm kind of like, really, Nintendo? Their fiscal year is now halfway done. That's what the report that came out represents, six, first six months. They have shipped 38%. Notice how we're still in the sales quarter. <laughs> I told you I was going to swerve around on and off. No, but uh, they, they already shipped. Hear me out here. They already shipped 38% of their Switch sales target this year. Last year, they did 25% in the first six months. So they're ahead of themselves. If they have zero growth for Switch, if they sold exactly what they sold last year, but with more games and the Switch Lite, you know, if they were just neutral, they will hit their goal and then some. There is no reason they have to cop out, like cheap out with this bundle. They can afford to do the nicer bundle. Like they already will hit their goals. Everything is just icing on top at this point. So why not? Like Maybe they're just trying to get better. rid of their inventory. That's like, the contract. Yeah, that's the other thing I can think, think of. of. Yeah. Um, that's really the only thing. Because like from Nintendo's perspective, you know, why would you even want those around? Get rid of them in a bundle that you already had the box art. Or for. they could just, you know, hijack some more planes and give them away there if they really want to get rid of them that fast. Why didn't you hijack their own planes? Hijack planes? No, not their own planes. Like what they did at Comic Con, they just gave everyone. Oh on board. yeah, yeah, on Southwest where they gave everyone Mario Maker too. Yeah, they could do that. And I'm sure we're gonna hear a story about a holiday Southwest yeah. flight around Christmas. Donate them to a God. children's hospital where yeah. every kid in that. No, hospital you know what's gonna happen with that one? Honestly, they're gonna do it. It's gonna be the week before Christmas, and it's gonna be switch lights. Which is contrary to how you get rid of inventory, but that's probably what it's going to be. But, um, I mean, on some of those, are also creating three tiers that they normally have two for, because you get a $200 Switch Lite. You can get essentially a Switch for 240 if you subtract the game, but it's the older Switch with the worst battery. Or you can get the newer Switch with the better battery for a flat 300 Do people still think there's so, going like, to be a Switch Pro? So, like, there are tiers to it. What? Do people still think there will gonna... be? Give it a year. Oh, you, you still think so? Right. It, it's going to happen. They don't... Nintendo doesn't do not do midlife upgrades. It's happening. Switch Lite was a sidestep. Switch Lite was carrying to a different market. Switch Pro is to double dip on us, essentially. Hmm. It's only a matter of time. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It just feels like this whole thing, Nintendo's just resting on their laurels a little, little too much. Like, they're so confident in Switch that, like, they can just kind of fake a good promotional bundle instead of actually doing one. And that, that just kind of, I don't know. They, it kind of rubs me the wrong way. Because, like, they're even running commercials about this great deal. And they don't, of course, mention the commercial. It's the worst battery that they have since promoted against you know, it's like when a company, like, hey, it tastes better now. It's like, wait, so you, what I was eating before was crap? What? Like, you know that weird thing where they're like, hey, the thing we had before is bad, but now it's good. But now they're going back to it. But the bad one's still okay. I was always a fan of Domino's crust. The hmm. old crust? The old crust, yeah. I like their new crust a lot. No, yeah, their yeah. new crust The older one's not bad. For sure. But, um, yeah, so that's... What were we talking about? Uh, I was just <laughs> saying Nintendo like kind of being like oh we have a better battery and then they're all simultaneously being like but also check out this worse battery but it comes with Mario Kart so it's just kind of like a weird thing yeah but they're obviously not promoting that this no, is the they, one of the well they're not promoting that's the worst battery but they're promoting this bundle like it's like the best thing you can get for Switch on Black Friday and it has the worst battery it just feels a little mm. but 
but whatever like i get the logic on there and you're right it's probably an inventory clear out but i i think the one that bothers me more is how they're handling their software discounts this year because like unsurprisingly they're pushing the evergreens you know mario odyssey super mario party zelda breath of the wild splatoon 2 they're all on sale for 33 percent off that's 20 dollars savings and some smaller high sellers are also on that list you can get donkey kong tropical freeze uh maritans aces kirby star allies octopath traveler and weirdly enough wolfenstein 2 i don't know why that one's on the list but sure but uh you know what isn't getting discounted what anything first party that came out in the year 2019 which on some level sure that makes sense like mario maker 2 that thing sold like 3.93 million copies Forgot they came out this year yeah it's it, it not only did it come out this year did you know there are 8 million courses you can download in that game wow. 8 million they've been played over 400 million times i bet only like 10 percent of them crazy. are worth playing though probably but still it's a big number and like that game is selling at a rate 1.5 times faster than the original did so even though no one's talking about it it doesn't seem like it has like a whole like like video game culture cachet to it right now it's how many courses better... did you say? 8 million 8 million yeah you said what 10 percent are gonna be good. That's, that's what, generous. That's yeah. Generous. That's eight hundred thousand. Try like one no. percent. Oh, Try like point five percent. You're right. No, but, that, but that like, was that was way too generous. The, the reason I'm saying these numbers though is like this game. Like we haven't talked about it forever. They just rolled out the friend online support recently, but like the game has no like when the original came out. There's some like attention around it for quite a while. This one's just chugging along and selling super well and doing super well, and no one seems to notice or care. So obviously that one doesn't need to be discounted. It sold four million without even getting into well, a holiday. You season. care though. You I care. care. But not only that, but like you're not going to discount Fire Emblem Three Houses. That thing sold 2.29 million since July. That's doing great too. The U.S. Oh, I would have picked. I would have picked up Fire Emblem if, if it's discounted. Discount, yeah. But they can technically argue to themselves. Well, it sells fine, fine. Like right now, half of the game, over half the game's sales are in the U.S. That's crazy for Fire Emblem considering it used to be a Japan first franchise. So like they, from Nintendo's perspective, if there's a game you're not going to discount, I get why it's that one. And, uh, you know, new releases like Luigi's Mansion 3 and Ring for Adventure, they're not going to get discounts because they're too new and they're selling really well. Like Luigi's Mansion in the UK, fastest selling Switch game this year. Uh, Ring for Adventure over in Japan, doing so well there are shortages. You can't find it anywhere. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, surprisingly. So, like, I get why they're not going to push those. But what I don't understand is you've I got like games. Game. Makes sense. Right? It's fun. And you need to give impressions once you've worked out with it for a while now that you have it. We'll see. And, well, I'll, I have to do my follow-up ones anyway. But, um... Yeah, so you have all those games that don't need discounts, but then you've got, like, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 and Astral Chain, which sold well, they charted initially, but have since vanished from the chart. They currently sit somewhere under 1 million copies sold, meaning Nintendo does not report their sales numbers in their financials. Uh, and then we've got titles Nintendo published for others. So Damon X Machina, uh, developer of that game, Marvelous, says it's doing well, but it never charted in the first place. Dragon Quest XI-S, we just talked about last episode how it's underperformed. All these games could very well slowly and steadily get sales, but I but I don't get why. Like if I was Nintendo, I don't see why I wouldn't be seizing the holiday as an opportunity to boost these lesser properties. Give them the same twenty bucks off. It's not that big of a. It's a long term play. Like get people buying something like Astral Chain now, and you could create a franchise out of it in the future. Get people amped about Dragon Quest, and now not every new release you're going to have to ask the question of: Is this the one that finally breaks through in America? Because you already built a fan base because you are selling it cheaper to the parents who will buy it for their kids. Like, it just seems silly to me. I know I'm going on a crazy rant about a $20 discount. Dude, but it just a crazy seems, person. It just seems a little silly to me that Nintendo's always focusing their discounts on games that are already guaranteed sellers. Like, what, like Breath of the Wild has sold a million copies last quarter. It's two years old. It sells a million copies every quarter, which, by the way, is a crazy feat. But, like, you don't need to discount it. It will sell. Mario Odyssey, half a million sold this last quarter. You don't need to discount it. Splatoon 2, quarter of a million sold. Super Mario Party, somehow sold another 600000 It's now on track to be the best-selling Mario Party 
ever. That game also has so much potential. I know, and they squandered it. You know what's crazy about that? I think so, they don't care, but they care sometimes. I don't know. They're just weird. What's crazy about Mario Party is um, it's within a million of becoming the best-selling Mario Party game ever. And you know what the best-selling Mario Party game ever is? That's going to surpass if it hits that million. Mario Party 4? No. Mario Party DS. Yeah. Right? Really? Console. Uh, speed console. Okay, Mario Party 8. Interesting. I guess it was on Wii. That's why it was was very early in the Wii. It was within the first year. Where is Mario Party Four on that? Uh, Those were the two I pulled. I don't know. Wow. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm sorry. The best Mario Party doesn't get recognition. Hold on, Mario Party Two. Excuse you. (laughs) He flipped me off and is is not responding. Uh, No, but it's yeah. It's my point is like, if these games are selling well with or without the discount, like why? Like Nintendo shared a stat in their briefing during the first about the first half of this fiscal year so from April through September and I found the stat really interesting because it really hammers home you don't need these discounts 63% of all Switch software sales from April to September of this year were of these evergreen titles existing games they released I don't even know how many games they only represent 37% of the sales since April so let me repeat that two thirds of all Switch games bought since April are actually old games evergreens are clearly a huge driving force for Sandy's crazy said sales New numbers. Super Mario Brothers, Switch U, Ultra Mix. What? That was one of the games you mentioned. The no, I mentioned Mario Maker Two. That oh. one's not on sale, but that one has sold no, like no. five million. Oh, okay, no, yeah, I was wondering how. That no, that one's doing pretty well. But um, like all these games are old games, and they're selling fine. Like they're they're helping Nintendo reach well, crazy I mean, sales numbers. Switch sales. They don't throw that word evergreen around like they don't know, know what but, it means. But that's my point. Like, and yeah, clearly they're doing something right because like they're selling their software sales are up thirty eight percent year over year. Actually, thirty nine percent. They have eleven different million sellers just this court, like just this first half of the year. Like they're doing fine. They have now sold more Switch games than GameCube games, more Switch games than N sixty four games. Like they're doing fine, but. All these feats were done with the evergreens at normal pricing. So, like, sure, discount them, but why not boost the guys that need the help? I don't get it. Like, why not give some of the Black Friday limelight to Astral Chain and Damon X Machina and whatever else? Because like, that would make too much sense, and we can't have that. I know. And and that's a good way to sort of cap off my rant. I mean, it's like, well, it is what it is, which I I'm get. Sh- I'm, it I'm is, sure there's a reason. I mean, I'm no marketing man. I'm sure there's some reason. Yeah. But and I think I'm no I'm, marketing I'm, I'm, man. I'm no marketing man. Working them hard hours. <laughs> I would honestly love to hear I'm it no though. I'm no Don Draper. Because there's obviously something, I mean, it can't be that black and white, right? Like there must be something. That I, look- my gut feeling is some of it is they realize none of these games have had a holiday season yet. And they want to see if they can maximize the profit per and revenue per game at least through one holiday season before they start discounting. Because everything they discounted came from over a year ago. Everything they discounted had a full holiday season. Mm. That's my guess, but it just seems like play the long game, guys. Like, why not? So you take twenty dollars less per game now. You're already up in everything. It's fine. You got better sales in the future. Like, you'll keep your investors happy for multiple years. I'm not an investor. I don't know what I'm talking about, but that's just my gut feeling. So, mm-hmm. and really, that's what this podcast is. It's just me and you guys giving our gut feelings about things. So who knows? But uh, you are human. Yeah, yeah, we all are. All right, and that's the end of the podcast. No, uh, but but not to end on like. Uh, <laughs> but wait, uh, but I, wait, there's more. No, I was gonna say not to end on like a negative note about Nintendo and their decisions. So let's talk about one positive thing that came out of all this. Um, I know we don't so much care about the game, but it's nice to know that people that play Mario Kart Tour are finally getting a real multiplayer mode, which somehow they have gone without for many months now. Um, like say what you will about the game, but like for Nintendo, Mario Kart Tour is huge. I mean, there's data from sales uh, Sensor Tower. 123.9 million downloads in its first month. 
That's behind Pokemon Go and sort of surprisingly behind Call of Duty Mobile. But it's the third fastest download app ever. Yikes. Yeah, which is unfortunate because the game's not great. Uh, but it makes some sense because like Mario Kart is huge. Like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe just became the all-time best-selling Mario Kart game. It sold another 1.3 million copies just this last quarter. Like it sells. It's fine. Mario Kart Wii. Finally, somehow, it finally overpassed Mario Kart Wii. Suppo- uh, supposedly. Mario okay, Kart, yeah, because yeah. Mario Kart Wii sucked. Oh, wait, no, that's not true. I take that back. Mario Kart Wii's at 40 million. I don't know what I was thinking when I said it was a bestseller. It overpassed Mario Kart 7. That's what it was. There we go. Which is uh, not the bestseller. But it, it uh, Wii's still going. In fact, Wii is still going so strong, it's somehow, I don't know how these people are finding the game, 40,000 additional copies were sold since April of Mario Kart Wii. Get better taste, people. <laughs> like, where where are they finding them? Probably out of fries or something. But, like, there's some, there's and, who, of- and who has a Wii? And in, you know, the year 2019, however many years after, like, Eight years after the Wii stopped being a thing, was like, hey, you know what game I need to buy? Mario Kart. Like, what? Who are these people? But anyway, um, point is, you know, it's, if Mario Kart does that well, of course the app's going to do super well. But what's sort of interesting for Nintendo is even though the downloads are super high, the revenue is not, which kind of meshes with what our feelings about the game, I feel like. Like, Sensor Tower reports that even though it's the biggest mobile app in terms of downloads, its first month revenue actually lagged behind Fire Emblem Heroes' debut in terms of raw number. It was half of what Fire Emblem made in its first month. And if you look at it per um, player, Mario Kart's bringing in 26 cents for every player, which um, is better than Dr. Mario World. That brought in 19 cents per player. But uh, Dragalia Lost brought in $16.50 per player. So like Mario Kart has a long way to go before it's good. Um, so the reason I'm sharing all this is because, yes, Mario Kart's getting a proper multiplayer in December, but... But... It's only coming to premium gold pass owners. The multiplayers? For now. They're calling it a beta test. Uh, and whether... I mean, it's it's so transparent that it's not actually that. Like, most apps when they do beta tests do it by region. Like, Pokemon Go will roll out a feature in a region or two and then go from there. And Pokemon Go, you know, that works fine for it. They just hit $3 billion in lifetime revenue. That's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. But Mario Kart and Nintendo's like, well, what if we make the beta test only for people that pay us $5 a month? It just feels so. Mm. Just how but, you have to pay five bucks a month to play two hundred CC. Yeah, but at least it's the same five bucks. You're not paying ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's still just like, uh, yeah, like I don't know. So to give them credit where it's due, we get Mario Kart multiplayer four months later on a smartphone game Has that we don't really months? like. It will be when it comes out. It came out end of December, uh, end of September. The, the Mario Kart multiplayer comes out in December. Jesus. Yeah. And it's for premium players only. But at least it exists, right? Yeah, man. That's good, right? Right? Can't believe Nintendo did that with Mario Kart of all games. <sighs> I can. It's the easiest one that they can get people to pay. Like I said, like all those downloads, all the attention it gets. It still made $37.4 million its first month. That's a decent chunk of change. It's no 67.6 that Fire Emblem got, but it's still something. That is a true statement. Yeah, but it's just kind of like, bleh. I don't know. Um... At least their core games don't require that. Like, we can play Luigi's Mansion and whatnot and happily play it with no weird monetization and no, you know, like, imagine if they did Mario Maker 2 and they're like, we'll add friend support for online if you pay us $5 a month starting the month that comes out. Like, at least that's not a thing. And eventually Mario Kart's going to get free multiplayer. They're just beta testing, quote-unquote, with the premium folk. But it does kind of lead us, I guess, to what we're playing, since I mentioned Luigi. Um... We've been playing a lot of stuff, actually, or a couple things. Uh, Luigi's Mansion, 
that new surprise game for Nintendo, The Stretchers, and then Kevin has Outer World. Um, is it World or Worlds? Worlds. Worlds. Outer Worlds. Uh, but I guess we can start with Luigi's Mansion. It is the episode's namesake. Angel, you've been playing it a lot. You've been doing co-op, right? Yeah, we're... Which is a first for the main game of Luigi's Mansion versus like a separate mode. Yeah. So how how you liking it? How you liking the game as a whole, especially from an animation perspective, because it's it's so personality driven. As a whole, the game's okay. Um, just okay. Okay. Like, elaborate. To be fair, <laughs> that's what he said about um about uh what do we have? Like, Kobe beef when we're in Japan. So. So I don't trust anything. That, when that's, when brings it. I know. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a good metric. I know tasting games definitely metric. like reflects your taste in food for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, okay, <laughs> I want to slap him so hard. <laughs> you have no idea. I mean, we... we Did no I say it was terrible? You... I think, like, personally, I thought it was okay. I, I Are we talking about the beef or the, the game beef. or both? Talk the about beef. the beef. I mean, you're entitled to your opinion, as yeah. wrong as it may be. I didn't say it was the best or the worst or whatever. I it mean, existed in your mouth and you ate it. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it, but I felt like I've, I've, enjoyed, I've enjoyed better. You guys, did you guys do like a street card or like an actual? Yeah, a street. Mm. I don't know, maybe... Is it possible his was slightly overcooked so it didn't capture uh, the... No idea, but it was delicious. Maybe when I go to a restaurant and try Kobe beef next time we go to Japan. Uh... Nintendo World 2021. I mean, it's opening this next year, but we're going in 2021. Yeah, so... Anyway, Luigi. Yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, so there's stuff like I really like about the game and there's stuff that I really don't like about the game. So that's why it just kind of comes out to okay because they're both like... Extremes like, in your yeah, mind. Yeah, they're both kind of extremes. So let's start with the pros, I guess. Yeah, I mean, like presentation is like, it's really really good. Like, oh, it's so good. The the quality of the, of the animations, I mean, I felt like they were getting up there with Mario Odyssey. Like Mario Odyssey did a good job of just like just adding more life to the characters whenever there was any kind of cutscene or them just like kind of existing in the overworld. Yeah. But this one, I feel, is just like the next step up from that. It... Like everyone is just so expressive. Like even like. Like, the minor... Like, Luigi just looks happier, and you could tell, it's like, oh, they're actually bothering to animate his cheekbones this time, and it makes them look that yeah. much happier whenever it, he's excited. It feels like an interactive CG movie more than any Nintendo game ever has, especially how they come in and out of cutscenes. No, yeah, there's certain, there's really certain points where, like, you get control of the characters in, like, kind of these weird close-up camera angles, mm-hmm. and, like, it almost doesn't look like, wow, I can't believe I'm actually playing a video game. It's just one of those, like, moments, just because it's so cartoony, like, it feels... Really, really cool. Sort of on that same note, I feel like no one's really paying attention to this, but I do want to mention it. Um, this is easily Charles Martinet's best performance he's done. And he's working with barely any more words than usual, but they're letting him be so much more expressive and do so much more that it's like, it's really cool. Like, it really feels like Luigi's like, oh, yeah. There's been like plenty of times where like all of a sudden I will like chuckle at something like Luigi did or said. Or, yeah, like there's some great the, slapstick. The way he, yeah, the way he reacts to something. I mean, yeah. it's definitely all like Luigi. Like, this game definitely makes me like Luigi as a character like a lot. Oh more, yeah, and it sure. only took twenty years for Charles Martinet to actually get to like flex his voice acting chops yeah. a bit. Yeah, and I don't know. Like, it's funny. Like, even though I revisited, um, I haven't revisited Luigi's Mansion in a good while. I've definitely played it within the last ten years, but I don't know what it was about that game that when I first played it, like it just felt like I loved everything about it. Like the design of the, go- I still think the designs of the ghosts aren't as great as they were in the first one. Like, they all just kind of have... Even those... They all went on diets in this one. Like, the first one, all of them were chubby. This one, they're all pretty slim. Well, I mean, they're the same as they were in Dark of the Moon. Right, right, right. right. But yeah, yeah. Dark of the Moon? Dark Moon. Dark Moon? Dark Moon. Dark Moon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking Transformers yeah, or whatever. Are. The Michael um, Bay Luigi's Mansion, yep. But, like, even the... Even the... 
like the ghosts that are like the special ghosts like you fight like a bunch of different bosses and they're all ghosts themed around different things like those are definitely way more interesting this time around oh for sure actually the bosses in dark moon and this one like have always been like they go way they go out there like they're they're pretty well designed for the most part but man like it's it's not really something i can blame this game for because like i don't know you know like all of a sudden i've been like we have all played like our fair share of like of puzzle games yeah and i guess everything for the most part has been like either pretty easy or something is so easy because the the puzzles are like it's usually something pretty obvious like there, oh yeah yeah there are a few that i was like oh okay that was actually kind of clear like i wonder how long does it take for other people to figure this out but that only happens like a few times for the most part like you end up being your own worst enemy because you overthink the puzzle and then you end up like looking through the whole room being like okay i don't know like what the hell to do and then you're like oh i just didn't stand in this exact spot and then yeah. that triggers the whole thing and that's well, it. what's kind of funny is like i, I like, haven't countered like, that like but... that happens like that happened quite a number of times especially when we're like um well this also this might be more of a co-op thing but like since guiji can't exactly interact with things mm-hmm. i mean he can he just can't activate any cutscenes. yeah so whenever oh, you have, wait really so whenever you have to press x on something it has to be luigi that does it in co-op he can't i figured in co-op he'd be able to because you're two different people controlling two different well i mean like like it, in single player i get because he's like the not the essence of luigi that sounds but he's like no it makes sense because i mean yeah. the cutscene has luigi be in that spot right right so. right, right but it seems like for cop they well should figure something i don't know out. it's weird it, it, it depends like sometimes like i'll be over here sucking like money like off the wall like with luigi and then i'll be walk into an area and that'll trigger a cutscene because as long as he's there but then suddenly Luigi's over there and it's like oh I wasn't there I was over here right right but there's like some things where you have to like pull a panel or like pull like an arm down to activate the puzzle but Luigi can't do that when he walks into that spot it won't show the X over him to show that you can interact with that interesting but when you're Luigi you can and because of that there was like twice that um like my brother and I were like searching through the whole room and we're like okay we've been through everything and there are two statues that look basically the same and I go to one I'm like okay I can't interact with this one and and right. I was like okay I checked that one you can't interact with that one but because I wasn't Luigi standing on that one then I know that I could and we ended up pretty much yeah like so even though it's co-op it's not actually truly made for co-op it's no, no, it, it, I mean overall like there's still a lot of things that tell you straight up I mean there's the whole section that's like basically like you doing basically two things at the same time oh like, yeah yeah I mean yeah it was just yeah. that one like right. those literally those insistence like right and um yeah especially because like there's you can interact with so many things with the vacuum that sometimes love it. it's honestly like if i wasn't playing co-op i feel like it would be like almost excessive just because it takes so long just to get through one room especially when they give you so much money that you feel like it's just raining money the entire game like, it felt more rewarding finding money in the first game because you'll find, like, a few coins here and there. You'll kill some enemies. You maybe get, like, a couple bills. But then every once in a while, like, when you, like, oh, cool. Like, I feel like I could suck up this wall. Oh, you can. There's something behind that. And then you open the chest and you get, like, gems and stuff and it feels really good. This one, it feels like the trash can, like, makes it rain. It does. Like, literally, like, you get so much money, it almost feels, like, kind of annoying sometimes. You're just, like, just standing there just sucking up a bunch of money. Well, it, it's fine because, like, you were getting me... You were, like, telling me, oh, you unlock co-op at this certain point. And then I hit that threshold of time. I'm like, I don't have co-op. And you're like, what were you... Yeah, basically, we realized it's because I was sucking up everything in every room. I mean, I still did that. And taking my sweet I mean, time. I mean, I I did everything 
Yeah. Well, either way, my point is like, yeah. Well, we're not. Speed, I mean, I'm playing with Obis, so like by default, I have to. We have to go through like a fine comb for every. But technically, there's room. two of you doing it. Well, not until the after the first hour. True. We still managed to do True. that. Point it, that's, uh, like, that's, what, that's what I said. Like, I'm pretty sure you were just ogling at the Toad animation. I mean, I also idea. was doing that. That is accurate. Uh, but no, my point is, like, yeah, there's a lot of, like, you can just get lost in the weeds of browsing stuff, which I actually didn't mind. Well, no, no, like, it's not, no, it's not even, like, the getting lost. Like, you just get, I mean, lost, like, lost, like, you don't know what you're doing. I mean, like, you can just get so oh. co- time-consuming just going around and interacting yeah, with like, little Because there was a point, like, where I was just, like, just getting the money just kind of started getting boring. Because, like, a lot of the rooms start having kind of the same layout. And you're just like, all right, got to get all the money here. Got to make sure I get everything. And it doesn't feel, yeah. It it, gets, it got that. I guess collecting the money got repetitive way too fast. It does play a nice and, casino sound, like slot machine sound effect when you get big amounts of money, yeah. which is a little rewarding, but not the same as if. I, no I just money. wish like the money was, I don't know, relocated in such a way that made it feel more rewarding to find certain it's like cash. Very the much the moons and Odyssey issue that you had, but with money and Luigi. Yeah, but this one, like, you literally can't... <laughs> but this, But this one, you literally can't afford to, like, skip anything because you yep. might find either the gems or the key. And then one thing that, like, kind of reemphasizes the whole, like, it almost feels like kind of... Just kind of boring to collect the money or just to, like, explore the rooms because this is way too much. Um, like, in the first game, there were these, like, golden mice and golden ghosts that, like, when they appear, you have to be really quick to get them. Otherwise, you miss them, and in some cases, you may never get them again, or you have to wait a really long time for them to respawn. You pretty much have to go out and play the game and come back to that spot, and you have another go at that golden one that gives you like a, a payday of yeah. awesome stuff. Yeah. And this one, if you see the golden mouse, first I was like, oh, cool, they brought that back. But then the mouse just goes in circles, never stops, and you're like, okay, so like, what's the point? Yeah. Like, why even try to make him faster like oh man i'm gonna miss him if like if he's never gonna leave and thing with the golden ghost it's like just give me the money then at that point there's definitely a bit more of a uh, accessibility i mean yeah like i mean th- th- that's something like i feel like i can't really like down it for that except like oh i guess we're just too uh, we're too good at games or something i guess <laughs> or like that's why like the atmosphere and the characters and the way it's animated and the gameplay for the most part like it was making us really really enjoy the game yeah but then there's like all the little things that were like, man, like if we if we ever played this by ourselves, we would be like kind of bored or just like kind of underwhelmed. I haven't had but, that feeling yet. But because like we're playing together, like that also automatically gives it like a bunch of bonus. They're like, oh, we just love playing games together. That makes it automatically more fun. Right. Like there were just a bunch of moments where we're literally just like kind of doing nothing. Like I don't want to spoil anything, but there's an area later where you could kind of mess around or just have fun with the way the everything looks, and you know, it's just kind of fun just to. Mess yeah. around and do nothing there, and that, that's kind of what I like about like as someone's been playing solo is yeah there I get your point about the money and everything but I did kind of like how like and I forgot Luigi's Mansion is this or I never thought of it this way until recently it, it's basically a Nintendo five point and click adventure yeah. so you're encouraged to explore everything you're encouraged to go through every nook and cranny and for the most part so far so far it hasn't bothered me because things are interactive the physics engine's pretty good yeah like, I, just, I just feel it's like the personality of everything the theming like, and, and, and it's funny and then it gets the, and then you get the opposite effect where like my brother and I, like, you know, since we have to come through every event, yeah. every area, sometimes we're like, okay, I f- my gut says I could throw the plunger and rip that out. And then I rip that out, and then we find, like, a little cavern, and we're like, oh, yeah. cool, it's, like, a, all these, like, cool little secrets. And then when we get to the end of it, there's, like, a treasure chest, and it only gives us, like, less than half of what, like, one of the trash cans out in the but open gives you. it's the journey, you. not the destination. Like, that's what I'm enjoying. It's just, like, doing the exploration. I don't care what I get. It's just kind I don't of exploring know. the it's mansion. Like, but no, but yeah, you, you, I don't know. yeah. The, the the rewards aren't balanced. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, that's that's fair. And but I think like for me at least, what's sort of powering me through is like the environments are just really cool. Like something I really like about Luigi's Mansion Three is uh, next level games kind of took the feedback 
from two where everything was so compartmentalized and then combined the what the compartmentalizing allowed which is more varied locations and themes and then sort of figured out a way to make it work in the structure of luigi's mansion one a bit more hence the hotel so each floor you know has a different theme and there's like the dance floor one and there's like the boss fight with the like roman coliseum situation and there's like all these different little and there's like the the, the jungly grassy one i don't know what to call it but like it, it allows for it to be some more variety that the original didn't have that dark moon did well but it does it without the downsides of dark moon's almost like score-based mission mode structure or whatever so I'm, I'm enjoying that like i think that's cool yeah. and it keeps it fresh for me i mean these as are someone who's just like exploring and interacting with stuff to have you know the the different scenarios and different places and then weird things like the luigi dancing cutscene and you know all that stuff well yeah i mean it's fun exploring and getting yeah to things that are new but like you get to a point in the game where you're like just it's how just much exploring can you do yeah yeah because yeah. like a lot of the things like it ends up being the same secrets that you're just discovering over and over again it's, it becomes just a in pattern. slightly different ways yeah yeah it's like the first time you encounter all these things it's like oh cool that's neat but then later on it becomes less and less exciting it's like diminishing returns I right guess. right i do think one thing that it does really well that we probably both agree on is um the new mechanics are pretty solid the plunger gun the the slamming move the... yeah definitely get used to using them yeah exclusively on the shoulder buttons because you don't you don't want to use the face buttons yeah i have a nitpick about that actually so you have they luigi's... never tell you you keep the shoulder buttons. i know but, yeah. but you have the you have the normal but luigi... it is possible you have the normal luigi flashlight and they have the like black light there is no way to like charge up comfortably the normal of those flashlights with the face buttons while you're trying to move the right stick to aim him yeah, you have to without use, like, doing like a claw hand yeah, thing That's you have to really use like awkward. your pointer finger on the a button it's and then you're really uncomfortable and it's crazy because like the 3ds arguably would be would have been and was the worst control input for luigi mansion because you only had one stick but somehow it felt more comfortable doing all these elaborate things than when you have dual sticks back like on the gamecube yeah, you know, i heard the twist. controls for this game weren't that great but it's, yeah it's weird it just doesn't make sense i mean yeah they i mean, could have mapped it to that because like the shoulder no could, i said you can but by default i mean because it is by default i never, no, I, never no. I never mess with the controllers it is except for the black light the black light doesn't go to l or r or zlzr unless i think you might be able to go into the same it's still play. there what? Yeah. I pressed all the buttons. It didn't do you it. You have to press L and R at the same time. Oh, that's... Why don't they tell you that? I, I don't didn't know. know that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we didn't know that until, like, our yeah. second session. But, like, once we did that, like... If you play with the well, default... it so much if you play, If you play the game with the controls the game tells you to play with... It's awful. It's, well, it's not, not that, awful, but it's not great. It's, it's, not, that, <laughs> it's not that great. Like, you're not like, oh, I kind of... Like, I hate that I have to not aim sometimes when now, you're using... Now but, but, the... now, but, I, but now that we figured out, I guess, the right way to play, now it's not a problem. You, you're pretty much twin-sticking the whole time and you get the shoulder Now buttons. that I know the shoulder buttons are an option, I'll be more blunt. And yes, it's awful, the other control input. Yeah, if it was so, the only method, I'd be like, well, yeah, I can make it, it work. Yeah, then now like, that I know I don't need yeah, to. Yeah, because then it's like L, plunger, R, <laughs> yeah, flashlight, both, both together, light. black okay, light, and there you go. Yeah. That literally like, resolves everything. Wow. Nintendo, what are you doing? Um, I don't know why they didn't teach people that. But yeah, like I think those mechanics are fun. I like, I think Gooigi's a cool addition, honestly. I know some people are like, oh, but I like Gooigi. And also I like how how much weird lore they've built into Gooigi. He has a whole backstory. You can go read it on the Luigi's Mansion website, but he has a whole backstory. Apparently, Luigi's Mansion on the 3DS, so the remake, they added Gooigi there originally, which was a tease for this game, it turns out. But why is Gooigi suddenly in Luigi's Mansion 1, but wasn't in Dark Moon? And that he was in Dark Moon. Nope. Uh, I don't think so. Pretty sure he is. Uh, I heard on a podcast that he is in Dark Moon. He is? Yeah. Yeah, he's who you play as in Scarescraper if you're player two. Oh, that's right. It's literally Gooigi. That's right. But it's also the multiplayer, so I guess maybe that's not canon. So here's what is canon. How did he end up in Luigi's Mansion 1 on 3DS? This is real canon. 
Egad sent him back in time to test him and see how if he could handle the environment. So he actually sent him to the events of Luigi Mansion 1 as like a test case, brought him back to the present, and now he's with Luigi in Luigi's Mansion 3, and I guess Dark Moon's somewhere in there too. Which is just like, this is a character that existed simply so he could do a gameplay mechanic, and then they made him a time traveler and everything. So it's kind of cool. I like it. I like yeah, it. That, that's cool. Yeah, oh, it, I think it's great that uh, they're giving him. Like, if, if, if I were to character. give this game any reason to be game of the year, it'd be because you could pick up toads and toss them at like display cases and have them like break the glass. And Finally, everything. it's pretty great. This is what I've needed my entire life. It's like, and, and it's just funny because like <laughs> you're just like throwing them into glass and it just looks hilarious. Like they're like it, that goes back to what's so great about the game, which is just like the personality. Of like it. they're obviously screaming, but like the sound effects. <laughs> they're <just> obviously <laughs> screaming. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're they're obviously in pain. They're obviously brutally being like oh, no, they're they're being cut so up like, like No, I mean like they're told they're screaming for joy when you toss them. They're acting like they're having fun, but like the sound effects of them breaking into the glass just like make it look hilarious. Well, I, I knew for I knew like, also like, like the slam just looks really brutal whenever you're like using a ghost to break like down the table or, or like or never mind that, or... smacking ghosts into other ghosts is like oh, the yeah. most satisfying thing I've done in a video game in a long time because you like it's just like so like. Yeah. Oh great. yeah. And but... it, like, then the second damage meter pops up, and it's ah. Uh... Yeah, I mean that is fun, but like, man, so they they build up so many fights to be like this. Like, oh man, you're in for a rumble here. Like twenty ghosts, you're gonna fight at once. Oh, it's it's never. That and different. then, no, I know, but they like I'm saying they build it up like yeah. that, and then you, the fight's like over in like less than like three seconds, and you're like, why did they give me like a little cutscene? That's kind of that's actually what I liked, for some reason, a little more about. Um, Luigi's Mansion 1 about the way some of these ghosts like the boss ghosts like yeah like their cutscenes like they have them like that but those are well done but there's other mid-tier ghosts that are just kind of there just kind of like living their life and they don't they don't need a cutscene to be introduced like you're just kind of seeing them in Luigi's Mansion 1 like minding their own business yeah and it's always just felt creepy I don't know it just made it feel creepier but now but now every ghost has like a I mean the game's more cartoony it's way you could tell I mean, it's just not as dark. The first one was just a darker game. Well, physically, like, literally, literally darker. Which also, like, I mean, that's kind of what I missed about the first one. This I one, think, I think on some level it was always kind of wacky. We just were younger, so I know you went back and played it, but I think on some level, like, if we were to go play it today without having any past experience with the game, we'd be like, kind of slapsticky. But yeah, it was physically, literally darker, so it made, and the ghost kind of roamed and everything, so it yeah. felt a little more creepy. Even though the actual mechanics and the actual story and the actual anything were basically this. Yeah. It just I mean, had that extra layer, which helped. But yeah, I, I do think, like, to the Toad point before, I think when the game boots up, there's a Toad driving a bus, and he's not a good driver. The bus is You can barely see. You can barely see over the wheel. The bus is swerving everywhere. And once that happened and that cutscene was playing, I was like, oh, this is going to be, like, just kind of a fun ride. Like, that's kind of the thing about it is, like, there's a lot of gameplay things that are a little odd. Um, the controls <laughs> um, until you learn the alternate but like just as like kind of like a fun li- like a weird little slapstick fun house where you get to like see a Nintendo character or world come to life in a way that it hasn't before and actually be almost like a movie like it's pretty cool at that like it- it's a unique experience for that it's just kind of a fun house I guess you could say and fun houses don't necessarily have challenges but it, it- and which hurts it in many ways probably but like it's just kind of a fun little fun house to go experiment I with I, I just walk wanted, around through and I wanted, see different environments I want to be challenged and, yeah and not in the which we all which it always comes down to yeah. essentially yeah and I don't even mean like make it super me boy just like I don't know don't give me puzzles that are meant for five year olds just give me just but, throw, but, throw, throw, but, throw one for ten year olds in there what if one for what if the, the target audience is five year olds I know then I don't think it is that's the thing they sell it as it's not but yeah, or like do like a like a Mario style game where after you beat the main game, there's a second game that's fine. harder or something. Yeah, I mean, luckily, but, like I said, like the game is at least fun enough that like I don't mind that. But 
I feel like yeah for sure like I'm glad it's it's at least co-op yeah and there's also the multiplayer modes which we haven't already touched on and there's all sorts of you know there's a lot to it it's probably the most um, packed Luigi's Mansion game because Luigi's Mansion has always been kind of short Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, like I think, like I say, at least in my mind, it's just kind of a little fun house you go explore, and, and Nintendo made it all very interactive. And there's always, you know, to your point about like you find secret stuff. There's always little nooks and crannies where you try a weird thing, and it suddenly works, and you're like, oh, okay. It's like that. That's sometimes still they there. try everything, and then literally nothing works, and, Until like, you realize and, and then you're like, oh, I guess I'm just not supposed to get this yet. And then you leave, and then later, or oh, that. Right. Yeah, so it's not perfect, but I think yeah. pers- the, 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 the personality yeah. of it shines through so much that I'm willing to overlook that stuff. But I'm more in it for just the ride than anything else. Like, I'm not looking for a challenge. Are so. you going to finish it? I'm, I mean, I, you're I, asking me the guy. I'm pretty sure he's not going to play it beyond what he already played. That's not true. Oof. That's not true. That's not true. I'm going to send you a photo of me playing it to prove you wrong. I'll, I'll be very happy. Okay. And to answer your question, kind of depends on how long it is. I don't know. <laughs> but we'll see. Well, um, we're seven hours in. And like I said, like we clean out every room. Yeah. And we're like three-fourths away from beating it. Mm. So it's like a 10-hour game. Yeah, I feel like it's gonna be yeah, like maybe, but so that's one game we've all been playing. Um, there's another game actually. Well, we, uh, right before we recorded that, Angel and I are playing. This is a bit different than our regular impressions. Um, we've only put collectively maybe 40 minutes into this game that were uh, the Stretchers, uh, but that's because it shadow dropped on Friday with no notice whatsoever, which is very unusual for Nintendo. But we thought we'd cover it with some early impressions anyway because we often talk about how we wish Nintendo didn't share so much information about games. Like we literally were talking about that with Smash Bros. Uh, and now we actually have the, for Nintendo, very unique experience of going into a game completely cold. It came out on Friday. We didn't watch any trailers. We bought the thing. We had no advanced knowledge. We played it for 40 minutes, and I thought, like, this would be kind of an interesting way to talk about the game, because not that many people know about it. Like, if you weren't paying attention to Nintendo's socials or on their YouTube, you would not know this exists. It's not even in the top row of games on the eShop right now. It's, like, two or three down. Um, but it's kind of fun. It's it's developed by the guys that did Little Nightmares uh, for Bandai Namco. And it's uh, I how would you describe it, Angel? It's kind of like um, it's like a crazy it, taxi meets a Mario Party mini game. Yeah, because there's literally of. a Mario Party mini game where you're carrying a ruler. It looks like it has some overcooked in it. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely an overcooked vibe. It's it's you're gonna say. Oh yeah, because there's a there's a mini game in Mario Party that I actually really enjoyed. Where it's a two versus two, and you're each carrying a ruler. Or something long. I don't remember exactly what it is. But you're supposed to just, like, travel, like traverse an obstacle course, rotating, like, you know, just moving yourself so and orienting yourself so that the router can get through every obstacle. And sometimes you have to go back. Yeah. Or just, like, you know, just so you don't get in the way of stuff. And this is that. This it's, is just, like, a super fast-paced version of that. Where and instead of a ruler, it's a stretcher. Yeah. Yeah. And... Oh, I mean, it's really fun. It's definitely it's actually pretty it, fun. Yeah, it, it oozes polish like any Nintendo game would. I mean, just the fact you could clap like crazy is already yeah. There's fun. literally a clap button which you're supposed to use to get someone's attention. Obviously, um, you know, cause it works. It's co- it, it is co-op. Um, so basically, how how it's structured is, and it's actually structured not like overcooked or any game like that. It's actually kind of an open world of sorts. Um, basically, how it works is you start the game up and you're these two ambulance drivers, and you um, obviously drive an ambulance. Uh, and you are given, you are learning that people are being affected by getting dizzy all around the, the town. The dizzies by a evil dude named uh, Captain Brains, and the doctor that can cure these dizzies is named Doctor Professor. So that's that Professor you, Doctor or Professor Doctor. Yeah. Either way, that should give you an idea of the kind of um, ridiculousness of the game. Like it does not take itself seriously. Before we go any further, yes, was this published by Nintendo or developed? Published by Nintendo, developed by the Little Nightmares team. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. my bad. No, that's cool. Um, so, but you know, for Nintendo to publish a game when so many of these similar games are being published by others, it, it must have done something special in their minds. Um, 
But yeah, so you're going and you're trying to rescue these people. So all these dizzy people are scattered around different little environments in this overworld. Um, and you kind of enter the environment, and then there's like you're sort of locked into a specific space. And if you go beyond it, there's boundaries you exceed, and you can die if you stay out too long, um, or whatever the game's equivalent of dying is. We never actually found out because we went back in. But so you have these little like environmental puzzles, and you with your two guys and your and your stretcher have to go and get all these people scattered around the environment by solving environmental puzzles, and then put them into your ambulance. But what's kind of neat is to get to and from the environments you actually drive the ambulance crazy taxi style. Yeah. So there's crazy a taxi marker. Is definitely a very good way to describe it. Yeah. There's like a marker. Arbitrary ramps. Arbitrary ramps. Lots of like weaving through things. You get rewards if you like damage stuff as you drive without hurting people. Um, and then you get to destination. There's a big glowy target that you pull into and then it switches over to the other mode. Oh, okay. It's either, you know, helping find the people or taking them to the hospital and then they get cured. And the yeah, the puzzles are basically you have you as a doctor or you as an EMT, I guess, have the ability to grab things. That's about it. So you can grab the stretcher together and walk around and pile people on it. You can grab obstacles to move them. You can grab people and drag them out of situations. And in a very like overcooked sort of way, you have all sorts of different environmental things to deal with. Like one of the early ones is there's buzz saws you have to dodge, and there's a big log that's swinging back and forth you have to dodge because you're at a wood mill okay i was just gonna say just yeah. bus saws in the in the open world yeah no it's like so you go to like a, you go to like a, <laughs> wood, a sawmill you yeah saw a woodmill that's nothing you go to a sawmill and that's where some <laughs> cases Jason. that's where cases of the dizzies have broken out so you're helping collect five people there and you load them into the ambulance and they get scored yeah. based on you know what sort of maneuvering you did like did you avoid the log do you get hit by a log um, how many did you put at, how many did you put at once how many fences did you break for some how many reason? fences did you break how many like obstacles did you avoid like all sorts of stuff like that gotcha. like, there's like another one you go to the beach and you have to find people like hidden in outhouses and under canoes and you have to like bounce them off trampolines again onto the shore from being like in a little like pier or whatever stuff like that so there's all these different things and as you go through the game it assigns you two or three different environments you can pick which one you want to drive to you do it it assigns you a few more etc cetera, etc cetera. and there's a whole plot that goes along the way um it, but it's all driven by a kind of realistic ragdollish like uh what's a good game to compare it to what's that Overcooked. humans fall flat no the physics like humans oh, fall flat or like gang beasts. gang beasts or like one of the not quite I mean, gang the, beasts the char- quite well the characters don't control like gang beasts or anything. I mean, the environment yeah, everything like else that. is that yeah. yeah oh well I mean I mean, if anything it's most like that one game that we played where you are supposed to deliver packages oh the one we played at E3 um, yeah. Death Stranding Death um, Stranding <laughs> <laughs> yeah you have to bounce your running except that one there's a baby you carry it's really weird except Conan that O'Brien's one. in it no um what it, yeah it's from Tiny Build um but, that was called but yeah, you're a parcel delivery guy. Yeah. Like Death Stranding. No, but this one... I mean, the controls are tight. It's just everyone else is, is a ragdoll. It's a literal ragdoll. Yeah, and, and all the environments are. So, like, you know, if you knock a barrel over, it will kind of ricochet as it should. And your ambulance drives kind of shaky and, you know... Like, it has good handling, but if you, like, take it off a ramp, it's going to do kind of that slow, wiggly fall sort of thing. But, um, yeah, that's kind of about... That's pretty much the gist of it. But what's great is, like, it's just really well put together. And it's very I wacky and you should already be too worried about the price point. I'm sure it's... We're very early in it. It is twenty dollars. We're very early in it. We don't know how long it goes on for, but compared to like Overcooked or something, it's about the right price. But it, um, yeah, it just seems like like they. It's very self aware of what it is and how wacky it is, and I assume the wackiness keeps going. I mean, every single thing you do is full of puns, which obviously I love. And I don't mean like a pun or two. I mean like you'll complete something and they'll cram like four puns in a single dialogue box. I mean, the name of the level, like what was the one? Um, Seas uh, of what or Seas of Change or something? But no, it was. Seize the day, but there it was S-E-A-S yeah, or yeah. something like that. But then, like, like you. Could I don't keep... know if that's in good taste or not. Seize the day, as in like seizure wise. 
What? As in, oh, S E A S. S E A S. Like. Oh, okay. oh no 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 oh. no 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 no. C's like because he was on the beach. No, not C's. Oh. Like, <laughs> no. I mean, I think Nintendo learned from the Pokemon episode in the '90s in Japan not to do anything involving that. No. Um. But. Yeah, it's just uh, you know, like you'll do the wood one, and you'll be like, "Well, wood," and you know that you really like. Oh God! Cut through the yeah, whatever. This game is not meant it's, for me. No, but it's like I I love it because it's so ridiculous. But it's and the and the premise just gets wackier and wackier. Um, and there's obviously the clapping button, which can be spammed and mess with your friend. But yeah, it, it's pretty fun. It's twenty bucks. Um, it has single player, multiplayer, two player co op. Uh, co op seems like the way to go. We haven't tried single player. I couldn't say how it works like i don't know if like you do dual sticks and each stick is one person that, i would assume that's, that's why i would assume yeah. but who knows but yeah it's kind of it just was like to me kind of cool to see nintendo just like hey surprise and throw a game out there that in many ways is kind of like the over it's like what they do with snipper clips or like it, it you could play single player but really it's made for multiplayer and it kind of just took that idea and like well how we do it with this other type of gameplay now and they again reached out to another company and had them kind of piece it together and here we are or the company reached out to them i don't know but either way kind of a pleasant surprise kind of cool to be able to just play a game like we went in knowing nothing i just knew it involved stretchers because it's in the name and i just knew i had to put up with jason for a little while yeah and he just knew i insisted we play it um but it was like actually kind of fun like it's 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 i'm it's weird in this day and age to have a nintendo game where you can go in blind if you fall on nintendo like obviously we could just completely turn off everything nintendo and go in blind to any game i challenge you like even the even the trailer on nintendo's uh youtube channel at the bottom says surprise it's out today yeah yeah, it came out of cool. nowhere. The only heads up we got was it hit Japan a couple hours before the rest of the world. So I saw late Thursday night that there's this thing in Japan. And then Friday morning, I was like, oh, there's this thing in Europe. And then like mid-Friday, I was like, oh, and it's in America too. So that was the only head start. But yeah, it's, it's cool. Damn I, internet. Right? So yeah, I recommend it um, if you want like kind of a cool co-op experience that's a little more um, structured than many. And if you like Crazy Taxi, it's the closest we're going to get. So. So yeah, that's uh, that. That is the stretchers, and I mean, it sounds like you kind of are on the same boat. We both played it, so I feel like you should give your final initial feel about it too, right? Like the characters remind me of how Ditto, Ditto, yeah, how Ditto transformed in the Pokemon movie. That's true. They have the same weird little eyes. Yeah, they have the same beady eyes. Yeah, but yeah, the in Detective Pikachu, the characters. Oh, okay. Yeah, the the background characters see. also just animated pretty hilariously. Like one of the doctors are doing like a squad pose. For some oh reason. yeah, <laughs> the doctors unveil their machine to undizzy people, and they're all like posing. Like most of them are clapping, but one guy's doing basically the prayer hands, like squat, like squatting pose, but without the prayer hands. But he's like perfectly centered. So there's like all these weird little visual gags that just make it really fun. Yeah. So yeah. And meanwhile, Kevin, you've been playing The Outer Worlds, but not on Switch, because it's not out yet. No, because it's not out on Switch. Yeah, I've been playing but... on PC, but I'm assuming the, the end product won't be too different. Probably. How, probably. how is it? Like, is it something that you think will work well on Switch when it eventually hits? Yeah, the... because it's it's is not... Is it Kane of Games? No. It's is it the Godfather of video games? No. Godfather I'd say it's, it's closer to the... I don't know idiocracy the of Blood games. Rain of games? okay actually that that's I could see that idiocracy is a and I mean Blood Rain the movie not the the game not, not the game the so U- the, the Uwe Uwe movie <laughs> no it's last time that guy released the movie what was the last time that guy released the movie it's been a while he finally realized what he was doing to humanity and stopped man smart man those yeah. interviews where he's like he didn't care just like oh like these properties were just cheap to get and just like yeah attach and you know what it showed yeah <laughs> <laughs> but you know I like your idiocracy because that game is very like sort of turning an eye to like capitalism and everything yeah it's it's yeah. definitely a very like capitalism is bad game and capitalism right. is bad wink, wink, snicker, snicker. meanwhile they're like selling it through capitalism yeah well 
that's, how the, that's the world that we live in. Yeah. Uh, they could open source it now, but, um, but how is it? It's great. Uh, it's very reminiscent of the Fallout games. Obviously, this is Obsidian Entertainment who did, in my opinion, the best Fallout game, Fallout New Vegas. Mm-hmm. But the closest that, I guess, Switch fans or Nintendo fans will ever get to this is probably The Elder Scrolls. Okay. Just because Fallout, to me, is just basically post-apocalyptic Elder Scrolls. Sure. Um, you play as a member of a lost colony. Uh there's there's a ship with a bunch of people in it that were supposed to go colonize some I don't know some some sort of solar system. Uh, they something happened to it where corporations thought mm, it's not feasible to go get the ship of people. It's like we're not going to make any money off of it. We'll mm-hmm. lose money. So going going along with the capitalist nature of this game, you get awoken by some crazy doctor and then you're pretty much told to uh go meet up with some some people on this other planet you land on this planet the, ver- the very first planet that you land on is really cool it's called the emerald Vale. yes and, Stop coughing and, 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 <laughs> and you just pretty much go from there uh yeah if you've played fallout you will know what type of game this is very dialogue driven this is probably the best dialogue driven uh, game that I've played in a while. How elaborate are those dialogue trees? Uh, very. You can go on for a couple minutes just talking to people. Uh, just to like random NPCs on the uh, in the open world. Mm-hmm. Uh, unlike Fallout where it's like one huge map that's just like smaller maps. Mm-hmm. And I've only done the, the first world uh, because my subscription lapsed by accident. So but like the characters are great. Like every character that that you can talk to is like really interesting. Mm-hmm. The game's funny. Uh, the combat I'm not too crazy about, but f- the combat in like the Elder Scrolls games and the Fall games have never been the best. So I don't and you know it's a shooter, but it's not. Its main focus isn't just shooting. So whenever this does come to the Switch, it'll be fine. Right. It's yeah, and you can also go like a melee route. And there's, it seems to me like there's going to be a, a lot of replayability in this game because right from the get-go, you can snitch on the doctor that woke you up. And according to the developers, if you snitch on that doctor because he's wanted, mm-hmm. it will change the rest of the game. Oh, interesting. So, and I assume each tree also leads to different decisions that leads to different Yeah, and like, and like the, the choices are very black and white in this game. Uh, well, you're you're going up against like corporations like right. that are one, one of my favorite things one of my favorite jokes in this game was you're talking to somebody and they're in debt because somebody died uh, on the clock and so we're like oh so why did you why did you get all this debt and he's like well it's the closest relative gets all the debt that that person had that died mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we're like oh it must be hard losing family and the person's like uh, he's not family we're like well I thought you said like relative and like no relative the closest relative to where that person died which oh, like, like all like relative. yeah like this, <laughs> yeah it this game's really clever and I'm not selling it well but no I got what the, you're saying the, though. The, the dialogue's 
awesome this game right yeah i've heard it being compared to like the dialogue of borderlands 3 which is oh man borderlands 3 (laughs) (laughs) But, but that's a different story um yeah i'll probably finish uh probably finish just like a a regular campaign on you know on pc and yeah i can see myself absolutely buying this game on switch mainly for the replayability right it's a really hard game okay let me take that back it's really hard for the first couple of hours because i cannot get anything done and i cannot kill anything and eventually i got over some hump and then all of a sudden, it clicked. It's way too easy now. And I'm huh. playing on hard, so oh. Angel, I guess you won't like it. <laughs> so there, there's some balancing issues that this game uh, is going to have to take care of. I'm not playing on the hardest hardest difficulty, which is called Supernova, which is basically the hardcore mode of Fallout New Vegas, mm-hmm. where you got to sleep, you got to eat. Uh, oh, it's like as if you're really living. Yeah, and like if your companions die, that's it. Right. Which would be a shame because the first companion that you get in that game is actually like a very interesting character. Uh, yeah, it's like I said, Idiocracy is probably the closest. That's thing what that... I picked up on from the trailers. Like the trailers are really well cut. Like those are some solid trailers. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm happy this game exists. It's I was really disappointed by Fallout Four, so this game essentially being like New Vegas was already pretty wacky. This game's even wackier. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the creature designs are a little uninspired. But I'm not playing this game for the creatures. I'm playing it mainly for the story. Right. And the story so far is pretty good. Like, I got no qualms with it. So I'm looking forward to, like, actually seeing this game on the Switch. And nice. probably replaying it a couple times. Because it's only supposed to be, like, a 30-hour game. Mm-hmm. But, oh, you should be able to beat this one. <laughs> but like I said, it, it was designed for replayability just because right. of, like, all the all the different trees that you can take uh, with a story. Like I said, if you snitch on the, the professor that, like, unlocked you. Yeah. Apparently the game changes a lot, so pretty excited. Interesting. Yeah, it it's seems like a good fit little... for Switch since it's very dialogue driven, which mm-hmm. makes it easy to so, play on a Switch. Yeah. And, well, cool. That's one to keep an eye out for. Yeah, I'll probably I'll get into it more when it actually releases. Right. Right. Yeah. So I think it has a sneak preview. So that was an interesting set of impressions because we had our usual full impression, or as full as we do, of a game. We had like an early look at a game, and then we had like early impressions of a game that is already out but it's different it's kind of cool anyway I think that pretty much does it unless there's any other topics you guys want to bring up on this lovely episode 215 of Ramtown Podcast no no okay well our next our next one is going to be on November 24th and it's going to be packed with Pokemon goodness we'll have Sword and Shield impressions we'll have um that's really the only Pokemon goodness we're going to have. We're going to have Sword and Shield impressions. But uh, we're also going to have um, some other games, and we're going to have um, we have some contests. We have one that's been brewing for a while that's actually going to happen, and we have another one that's going to follow that one. It's the holiday season. we got to give our gifts to you, so that's what it's going to be. Um, it's also an anniversary episode. I don't know what that's going to mean yet, but feel free to send the happy anniversaries in time for that if you want. I don't know. Actually, if you want to wish us a happy anniversary, go leave a review on the various podcast services that offer reviews because that will help boost us and get us more opportunities to cover more games for you guys so um yeah that pretty much does it um to make sure you don't miss the episode as always you can follow us on twitter at ram nintendo you can find us on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher tune in spotify youtube we are random nintendo.com we're also now on pandora officially so that's kind of cool um and you can also follow us individually on twitter i'm jsr7 angel is wero w-e-i-r-o underscore o kevin is k-v-n gomez 
And as is now tradition at the Roundtail Podcast, we leave Kevin with the final word. Put Jim Carrey in Smash You Cowards.